Welcome to the Flawed, Foolish and Fantastic Podcast. Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Vaheguru Ji Ki Fateh. Uh, I just want to say a big thank you for coming on, well, for letting us invade your house for the Flawed, Foolish and Fantastic Podcast. We are flawed and foolish, me and Manpreet Singh, and basically you are our fantastic for today. And basically what we want to do is shine a light on firstly your background and how you got into the amazing work that you do because just looking at the work nobody else does it um and how you can inspire the youth of tomorrow to go hang on i want to get into this and what can i do and network with yourselves on a career pathway with regards to getting into this um and i, I there's lots of things i want to ask you about um i've got a number of questions set questions if you're happy seeing and go through yeah 100%. first one basically it's an opener for some people it's the most difficult question but who is Terence Singh okay yeah so basically I'm a, a 3D artist a VR developer and also recent entrepreneur as well awesome so 3D artist VR developer, developer. and entrepreneur yeah you're definitely an entrepreneur no, that's brilliant. With, I'm going to break, go into those things later on anyway mm. with your with your business, Tarot yeah. 3D, obviously. Um, and I want to go into other works that you've done. But I'm, I always like to get a background of somebody because I always find that the roots and the foundations lead to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me um, about your family background and growing up? Yeah, so I, I grew up in, I've lived in Hansworth my whole life. Um, I, I grew up here. I've got like... Um, Three siblings. I've got an older brother and sister and a younger sister. Yeah. And uh, yeah, growing up, my parents were like working class, you know, hard workers. Yeah. Um, you know, my my father was a builder. My mother used to work on a sewing machine. Yeah, yeah. So all of us overlocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah, like and I used to have to do the, you know, when you do inside out of the. We used to have to do that yeah. and then put the stickers on the couple yeah, and do all the it, get yeah. all the yarn and put it on. So yeah, so so yeah, just kind of grew up just watching my mum and dad work really hard really in it and yeah. uh, like we weren't really very well off or anything so you know we just learned to sort of survive yeah. and you know uh, we, we were always taught to be sort of content and you know be happy with what we've got and also work hard and put your all into everything so yeah that's just a little background what was your background obviously you're in Sikhi Sroop what was your um, what was the foundations like as a kid growing up with Sikhi, Punjabi, things like yeah. that. So, so yeah, just generally like everyone else, go to the Gurdwara on the Sunday. Yep. You know what I mean? Not really understanding anything, not really being engaged. And I think it was when I was about 14, 15, where I started to sort of really think about like, um, there's got to be more to this than just like, you know, this life, than what we're, what, what's on the path ahead, basically. Yeah. So I started to sort of search and look around and looking for other meanings. So I was I used to read a lot of books. Okay. Uh, I was a really quiet introvert, and so I'd read a lot of books. And then um, I met someone who introduced me to sort of like different philosophies and things like that. So I read a lot of Herman Hesse. Okay. You know, and it, and then I started to touch on Eastern sort of philosophies and like Eastern spirituality and stuff. So I read the Gita when I was like, you know, when I was about thirteen, fourteen. And like that was really kind of mind blowing. It was it? it was it was like fascinating. All of a sudden, you're like karma, jananya, yeah. mukti yoga. What are these yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it didn't make sense to me at the time because I was really yeah. young. But it was just it was the kind of thing that I was looking for, like the deeper meaning or the different deeper understanding of like the world and humanity. And then from that, I kind of 
looked at sort of like started looking at the Bible and the Quran and then I came across Sukhmani Sahib yeah. and that was the one that did it for me really when I read Sukhmani Sahib it was just like it was just like gems every Astbadi yeah. every sort of line kind of had something amazing like in it that just resonated so much with me yeah. and it was like yeah this just feels just felt right to me in it and then so after that I started to learn more about Sikhi yeah. and then I took Amrit when I was 17 um yeah, so it was like, yeah, and I ne- never looked back since. It's been one of the most sort of like awesome things in my life, really. Mm-hmm. And it's guided my life. It's made my life more purposeful because before that, I was just thinking, is this what all life is? It's just like you just work and die. you, you grow old and you die yeah. and then you're yeah. born again and you go through the whole cycle again. And I was like, there's got to be something more. So kind of in terms of purpose, Siki gave me more purpose to my life mm-hmm. that it wasn't just you're just like a... You know, like a pasu and you just like yeah, sure, eat, drink and just, you know, there's some uh, deeper purpose there. And Seva also provides that as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that that's kind of like uh, how I came into Sikhi and, you know, um, and then I was involved in a lot of the camps back in the day. Okay, yeah. So I used to go to the, like the boss camps and the Norjuan Academy camps. Yes. And the thing is, this is where my sort of design sort of stuff started as well. So mm-hmm. I would design the posters for all the camps back in the day. So mm-hmm. 1995, 96. Actually, 97, 98 and, you know, the 2000s, that's yeah. where I was, like, doing loads of posters and stuff. Some of them were really terrible, like, and it, actually pretty much all of them were terrible. Like, But the thing is, it that's was like... That's it starts, isn't it? Yeah, and, and the thing is, my phone would just be ringing all the time. Yeah. Um, it'd be like, oh, can we do a poster for this Keaton? Well, can we do a poster for the camp? And I would just, like, start doing designs for the posters, leaflets and stuff like that. Yeah. And in those days, it, there was no social media, really. It was all done no, by exactly leaflets, leaflets and posters yeah. and stuff, yeah. So I would just be designing those and like within a couple of years, I had like a massive portfolio of like 150 different designs. Mm. And, um, you know, I was able to sort of take that portfolio and and just get work because I just had such a wide range of like work that I just, you know, just had to go at. Like somebody would come and say, could you do a cassette? A cover for us yeah. I'd never done it before but I was like I'll work it out in it and yeah. so I'd just have a go at it and come out with something and then so when I would go for like an interview for a job it would I would just be like oh well I'd have like pages and pages and pages of, of designs stuff that you've designed and, and it was like there'd be like a couple of good things in there that somebody would find so but the thing is there were I was more of a like a an output worker like a production designer yeah. where I would just could just churn out large volumes of of work very quickly yeah. because obviously like it's most of it was volunteering and done for free there wasn't very much time so you just had to be really fast and efficient yeah mm-hmm. that's very good just a quick question with regards to your Sukhumi side was it a certain book that you read on Sukhumi side or was it the Bani itself or I think it's that uh, you know the Harban Singh translation Singh yeah, yeah somebody I it was in my house yeah like it was just lying Everybody around H.S. Duggar or yeah, Harban Singh Duggar yeah that one so it was that one with the with the really nice uh, velvet yeah. cover yeah, yeah, and that yeah, yeah. And it was just reading that, and I and I couldn't read Punjabi at the time, so I was just reading through the English translation. Yeah, same. Yes. Um, and then you know what? It just fascinated me, and then from that I went uh, like the, 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 it was just it was just like the simplistic sort of um, you know the sense of it really, and it yeah. in very simply no nothing complicated yeah, but just like really kind of just uh, like there were just gems nuggets of information and and stuff that kind of just stuck with me like in it and like even now like i, I you know they, they stick with me up until now like yeah. in it those things because they were just so mind-blowing and, and and you know made me understand things a bit a bit better like because we always see things from our own perspective yeah 
and or somebody else's perspective or how we've been taught but seeing it from the guru's perspective how they saw things yeah, it different. kind of changes your mindset and like change my outlook on life and you know so I, I was really grateful for that so um but i realized that um at that time that there's not enough there wasn't enough people sort of learning and 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 looking into gurbani so i tried to find ways of um doing prachar but through design and and you know so for me it was all about doing the posters so i started doing like gurbani posters and stuff like that with the movement around there with the translation yes you know we did some of the like the sanjanel singh posters yeah. you know all that kind of stuff awareness about what what was happening in india at the time and yeah so it just kind of in in fact like my whole kind of career everything sparked off from that like and it literally so that's when people say to me you know um like like literally my my business my career uh, all this stuff yeah it just came out of seva like and it came what out was your Seva. first poster say again what was your first poster or first piece um yeah, i think the first i think i can probably remember the first couple yeah and yeah. and there was a couple of them there was three of them actually the first i did one of the guru granth sahib ji which was like mm. it was a 3d model of the guru granth sahib ji it wasn't very good yet mm. but it had sort of lights around it and you know it was that one so that one got used quite a lot everywhere yeah and then there was uh, um then there was one of you know the kalsa mero rupa kas i did an english translation of that in really nice kind of fonts i yeah. did that and then the other one was the sanjan elsing one that i did is one of the first posters and i did it with like fire, it, it? it was yeah it went that a bit crazy at the time yeah. you know you yeah, think yeah, about I did, it yeah like yeah, yeah and it was like it was you had all you know when they're walking you had them yeah. walking at the bottom yeah. and then at the background it had sanjan elsing like in it and then you know and then i had the thing there you know the, the title on one side in blue and i didn't really understand like print formats and stuff like that so yeah. i was wondering why isn't my color coming out right yeah. is because i didn't really understand rgb and cmyk and how print works and how screen works so yeah like it was all trial and error i i was pretty much self taught so i was just at home with a, a crappy like 386 computer just learning how to do stuff and trying and experimenting finding free software and and that was it yeah and i used to play a lot of computer games as well so that really influenced me that's why i went more onto the 3d side What sort of computer um, games? Um, like you know, RPGs. like yeah, all like Splinter Cell, uh, the Total War games, Shogun yeah. Total War, and Doom, and all them ones. I played Doom know, forever, Quake, man. Yeah, Quake and stuff. Opening yeah. stupid doors and shooting people. All yeah, day. Was like, that's <laughs> yeah. my life. Yeah, you know, Wolf. I even played Wolfenstein. I remember that was the yeah. before before yeah. Doom and Quake. It was like a uh, Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah. So I even played those old school ones in it, like yeah. back in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, like and I was playing those. Yeah, so that kind of influenced it as well. So I was thinking about and and I was thinking about games and animations like about fifteen twenty years ago, but I just didn't have the means or the software or the skill set really. Um, no, yeah, but the ideas were there. That's wicked. Now oh, I'm going to go on to. Them. massively important piece because it's a post that you put out. Mm. Tell me about your education and where you got to in your education because you are now a 3D artist, a VR developer, and an entrepreneur. And you've just had accolades for your business this year. Uh, you know, you're getting noticed all over the place. You're doing all sorts of other stuff. Mm. And we always talk about the importance of education. Mm-hmm. But for me, you put out a post a couple of years ago and I'll I'll say that afterwards, but Tell me about your education. You yeah, so um I didn't really do that well at school. It's not that I wasn't clever or anything. It was just that I found the whole school sort of um system if you're not academic it makes you feel inferior. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, so if you're not academically blessed or you can't remember things and and it was about that, you know, all, all about that sort of stuff. 
then they're kind of like make you feel as if you're not good. Yeah. Like in it. It's a big memory test. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It, it it's is a memory test on crap that nobody it, wants to exactly, know. Exactly. Yeah. So so kind of like I I went through the GC. I didn't really do that well. Hmm. And so kind of in, in a way that was a kind of like a it helped me a little bit. Yeah. Because it took the pressure off. Oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was like a, a like a you know a no hoper. Yeah. And for me, that was liberating, yeah, because it meant like nobody's telling me to go and do like a degree in this or that or be a lawyer or engineer or whatever. There's no pressure. I was kind of like free to, and I just more enjoyed just doing kind of creating things and designing things and making things. And that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. And um, so, so that's, that's what I did really. I was pretty much self-taught. Um, when did you I, leave school then? Did you leave at 16? Uh, yeah, so I left yeah. at 16. Yeah, I did go to college. I did a like computer repair because it was involved yeah. with computers. So I did that on the side. But I think all the while on the side, I was just trying. I, my focus was always on um, Sikhi, Seva and creativity in it. So yeah. it was, that's always that's been like a theme throughout all my life yeah. is that that's always been there. Yeah. It's like um, I didn't really care about work or care yeah. about like career and stuff like in it, which is to my detriment, basically. Well, it's not, because it's not really, is it? Look at what you've done now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but the thing is that this all came later in it. So, so these all things developed. So I, I was just like, oh, yeah, I want to do this. I want to make a game. I want to do this. So it was all big ideas, yeah, but like very little execution because obviously, you know, I lacked all the skills that you needed. So, but the thing is, because of because of all the production that I was doing, because I was doing all these like posters yeah. and stuff uh, through Siki, we worked on the Sikh Cyber Museum in the year 2000. Okay. So that was a project that came about. It was funded by the Heritage Lottery. Yeah. And it was a project that was looking into Anglo-Sikh history. And it was one of the first sort of, you know, Sikh history heritage website projects, you yeah. know, digital projects to come about. And I became the, 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 the basically the project coordinator, yeah. I uh, didn't have a clue what I was doing, by the way, yeah. So, but, but everyone just looked at me and said, oh, you've done websites, you do design work, you do it like, and I was like, all right then. So I worked on that for two and a half years. A friend of mine from Coventry, a really amazing designer called Jagasing, worked with me on it. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, me, me and him sort of like, we were at the beginning, we've got all this funding for this project, and we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. And kind of like, uh, you know, we, we kind of... You know, you know, made a little plan together. Oh, you do this part, I'll do this part, yeah. and then so he he took on most of the research work and stuff like that because that's where his skill set was. And and then I was like, okay, I've got to get the website done. I had to manage all the like the committee and the people and the funding and stuff like yeah. that. So we kind of balanced it out with each other, and we managed to get that website done. Yeah, and it was launched in two thousand three. It was about two thousand web pages, like like an encyclopedia of all these bit of information. It's all stuff, information that was out there in but different collections. Of, but it's about collecting and putting it online. Mm. And we also had like a like a 500 image library on there as well, like any images from the first, second world war. It's the first time these these have been made available publicly as well. Yeah. And in that time, there was no like that, not many websites with that that like. Well, there uh, wasn't with that sort of information on yeah, there. Yeah, the website's still live. Yeah, but obviously it's not used as much. It needs updating and stuff like that. But I mean, I think the website did really well. The first sort of month. We had to upgrade the server because we oh. hit our limits for like how much bandwidth we were doing okay. in that time. So we had to sort of upgrade the server and yeah, it was a really great project. So so things like that kept happening like in it, um, mm. you know, because of the work I was doing and obviously people knew me for well, the work that I'd done. People would just contact me and say, oh, I need a logo doing, I need this doing, I need that doing and I would just do it. Mm. And then there was a like a uh, um, TV station. Uh, I, I worked at ZTV for a little bit doing animations okay. and then I worked 
at Asia One TV, which was a TV station on Soho Road. So I worked there for a little while as well. And then I would just like jump from job to job, just doing little things here and there, doing yeah. a bit of computer repair because I knew about computers quite well. Worked at PC World part time, you know, and then I was just like floating around. And, and, and but what, what it, for me, my focus was like, in it, you know, what can we do to teach young people about yeah. Sikhi, like people our age? So it was like, so I was thinking then, you know, uh, and there was no 3D printers in that time. There was yeah. all these old pipe dreams and stuff. So I carried on the 3D modeling, kept on learning, learning over a couple of years. And then uh, uh, because of the Sikh Side Museum project, I went to work at the museum. This is like when my son Which was museum? born, Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery. Okay. So after after that, I, you know, I worked at the Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery. So I was working in their sort of collections, websites and stuff. So I had an absolutely brilliant manager. Um, called Linda Spurdle, who was absolutely amazing. She really helped me and, you know, supported me in my work. So at that time, we were working on the website and putting collections digital, you know, making them digital, taking photographs and putting them online. And so I did that for a little bit. And then I was having all these ideas about actually we could use 3D technology for this. We could use game technology for all this sort of stuff. And, um, you know, at that time, the museums weren't really that kind of, you know, forward thinking. So um, I was doing all my 3D stuff on the, on the side and I decided to sort of like uh, put some of my work out there. So I started putting some of my work out there. And at that time I met um, a Singh, actually his name's Avtar Singh, okay. um, Avtar Singh Gatora. And uh, somebody from the Gudur, actually Sorod Gudur, introduced me to him that, you know, there was some funds going, EU funds to help people from Handsworth and other areas like Handsworth. Yeah. To actually go and do like a, a P, uh a PG certificate, okay. a postgraduate certificate at yeah. Wolverhampton University. And then there was a guy called Avdar Singh who was trying to get people together to go along. Yeah, so I met Avdar Singh. He's a retired RAF logistics officer. Okay. And he was about in, in his like late 50s, 60s. Yeah, so he's retired. Yeah, but he's going to university and learning CAD and stuff like this. And he had a lot of skills in terms of he would be at the Gudra and like, because he was an engineer, yeah, he would be building the gummits. Yeah, okay. And he would be making them. So he was like a creative, yeah, like a creator. Mm. And he wanted to learn about CAD so he could do building plans and stuff like this. So I met him for the first time. He would drive us every sort of Friday, Mm. uh, me and a couple of other things. And, you know, from the Gudra and he would take us to Wolverhampton University in his Mercedes and like, you know, park up there. We'd go for our lessons and we'd be doing like learning about sort of, you know, CAD and stuff like that. Obviously, because I'd been learning at home, I was already far ahead. So when I went there, I was like teaching the lecturers and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, and he would always encourage me and stuff. So he was kind of like a person who kind of saw something in me and That's told weird. me to take it more seriously. Yeah. And he kind of like became my mentor, my sort of like Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. yeah. And like he kept sort of encouraging me. And I learned a lot of stuff about like plaster casting. He, used to, he had this garage with like hundreds of plaster casts and stuff like that. And so he would encourage me. And every time I needed any help or I need this sort of material or I need to make this, he was like a maker, yeah, like metal, wood, anything, yeah. Mm. He was just like, he, he was just all over it. So he was brilliant and he kind of really encouraged me and pushed me forward. Yeah. And so because of I went and did that course, obviously I had this sort of architectural sort of qualification now, a PG certificate. Yeah. And they said, well, you've got half the credits. If you do half more, yeah, you can get um, like a master's for it. And I was like, whoa. You know, exactly. for somebody who's got no GCSEs. Yeah, I was about to say, you've gone from no GCSEs, no GCSEs to a master's. whatsoever. Because I'd been doing a lot of 3D work, I had the knowledge already. So yeah. 
Um, I did my thesis on the use of computer games in the architectural industry. Yeah. And through that, I got a job at an interior design company and an architectural company. Yeah. So I would be working three days a week, had little kids at home. Yeah. And then I'd be doing my assignments in the evening. And, and remember, I'm not academic yet. Uh, but my older sister, she's, she's, she's got a PhD. So she helped me, like taught me, like, this is how you write an assignment. Yeah. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. So I'd be sitting up doing these assignments, but the practical stuff, I, I it was just easy for me because I was already doing it. Yeah. It was just the assignments and the academic stuff that I had to sort of get get through. But um, yeah, so I ended up with a master's in uh, computer aided design. That's wicked. What year was that? Um, that was like 2010, 2011. That's amazing. Like, it? So I was uh, like, if you think about it, I, I had like uh, my, my kids were like really young then, like in it, um, they, you yeah. know. So yeah, it was yeah interesting period. But but the thing is that that sort of brought me into this sort of professional field where I started uh, after I uh, uh, while I was doing my masters, I was um, I was obviously putting my work online. Uh, there was a quite a large engineering firm that contacted me and they said, look, could you come and do a presentation? Yeah. So I came and did a presentation. My focus was mainly on look, we do still visualizations of buildings and architecture, yeah. but um, you know we could use game engines and stuff in it. Like a game is literally an environment that you walk through. So why don't we use it for architecture? And my study was about that. Why aren't architects using it? And it was mainly about the perception they had of it. They okay, thought it was, blocky, they thought this is a kid's thing, like, look, this is not serious, yeah. No, I remember you like, showing me, like, and, a room, and it's like, yeah. here's what it looks like for the lights turn on, and this yeah, 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 like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So the so thing is, they, they kind of offered me a, a job, like, so I worked there for, like, 10 years, and then yeah. and I worked there for 10 years, and then when the VR headsets came in 2014, 2015, obviously they gave us, like, a HoloLens and a, a Oculus, you yeah. know, um, headset and a Vive headset and then so I started sort of working on those so I was just like doing research and development of like immersive technologies for that for that period yeah. and then like three four years ago I started to feel as if like you know there's so many opportunities out there yeah. and like I'm just stuck here doing like one thing because obviously they're an engineering firm they just want to do engineering yeah, of course stuff so their job like, is I to, want to just do, provide like, whatever the, uh, yeah. the customer wants isn't and it? I was like look we could do some heritage stuff we could do this we could do that and obviously their remit was very kind of narrow yeah. and so I decided that actually I've got got to sort of move out of here and, and start my own business and start exploring my creativity in it because because as a creative you want to create yeah, yeah. it's your nature in it and I realize this is your you know Kudrati you know Rab has given you this nature that, to, to create and if you try and stop that it's like stopping a tree growing in it as they always say, you try to stop a flowing river, exactly, you're going to cause yeah. trouble. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It causes yeah. devastation and problems. Yeah. So, so the thing is, I kind of started getting depressed at work and stuff, and I didn't realize why. Like, I thought I should be happy, you know, good job, everything's fine and that. Yeah. But I wasn't feeling very happy. And when I started to sort of going, and then I started going to drawing class and sculpting class, and I thought, you know, I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do. Mm. And so I started going to like sculpting class and drawing classes, and I started to feel that sort of joy come back. So continually yeah. being educated again. Aren't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So learning and just being creative. And, and that really helped me, like my mental health help yes. my mental health like doing sculpting for like three four hours for me it was just like this is just an under this is this is wonderful to to do to create and create wonderful things and and to be able to share them with people as well yeah so my creativity kind of uh when i was working my creativity took a back step because it became about obviously establishing the family yeah you know you it know, always does because you yeah, have to put your yeah. family first you have to put your that's it your yeah. wife first and your children first 100%. because if you don't that's gonna be gone isn't it <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. And, and I started to see a lot of gaps like in it again, like, oh, well, nobody's doing this, nobody's doing that, nobody's teaching people about this. So I started saying, going out there and saying that, well, nobody knows about VR, AR technology. So I can start teaching people. So I started doing CPDs, like free kind of talks yeah, yeah. and stuff like Constancy, that. And yeah. then like, you know, uh, because we were really good at it, we were good at explaining it very simply. Like, you know, somebody else would call and say, can you do a talk for us? Can you come and do a demo for us? And then the business just started to grow and grow and grow from yeah. there. And so that sort of like nature of being open and transparent and sharing your knowledge really helped my business because yeah. um, we were educating people about VR and AR. And then at the same time, you know, we were growing our business and, you know, networking as well. Yeah. And then BCU came along and they said, well, we run this program called VR Birmingham. Would you run it for us? Yeah. And so we ran that for six, you know, we ran that for six months and like it, it grew to like an audience of like 750 members and, it, you know, it became really successful. Yeah. And so we realized there that we've actually, we, we can actually start to teach people. Mm. And so we've been like doing a lot of education. We teach 3D printing, 3D uh, modeling. We also teach VR boot camps and stuff like that. So it became another part of our business. So now our business, while we do VR, AR, 3D production, we also teach it as well. So when okay. we, so you're, continue, yeah, yeah, you're teaching yeah. now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so we teach as well, like in it. So that's a. So I, I, I kind of we work with the Unity Central Excellence in Manchester. So yep. I'm, I teach their master classes there. So I'm actually the head of technical skills there, and we also mentor for Master.com, which is like an online platform uh, for you know anyone entering the CGI games, yeah, yeah. you know VFX industry. And it's all like mentored by amazing like professionals. And, you know, so w when people are coming in, they're not just being taught a course. They're being sort of um, mentored by like a, you know, a, like a professional. So, yeah, yeah, that side of things is really sort of something that I w I've always wanted to keep alive, which is that giving back and helping the next generation of people come up. Yeah. So because uh, I knew how difficult it was for me I had to be self-taught yeah. and to enter the industry. And so looking at the industry now and looking at the diversity that's not there, mm. um, it's like that's what we're, that's like an, uh, one of our like side missions that we've to got in our business diversity. is to make immersive technology accessible to everyone okay. and bring more minorities, bring more women into the industry, you know, minorities into and communities into the industry. Yeah. So for a guy who gave up his GCSEs mm. to end up with a master's, mm. That's quite a, quite a, um, yeah quite a yeah quite a funny, you know, for, for me funny I, it, proposition it, yeah. it, it um, my daughter was doing her GCSEs mm. and on the day the GCSE results came out you put up a Facebook post mm. and that hit me because you said to all you know good luck to all those people who are getting their GCSEs but you know it isn't the be all and end all you basically said I was fifteen I dropped out I ended up in construction mm. I didn't get my GCSEs it wasn't something for me but God finds a way sort of thing mm. and look where I am today. And that hit me because I'm sitting there going, so, you know, I'm talking to my kids, get this fucking done, do this, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing here? Yeah. What are you doing there? Why aren't you playing? Because it was always drawn into us, but yeah. I got there because yeah, yeah, our yeah. parents came to the country and their education was worthless in this country, mm. even though dad had like a politics degree and mom yeah. did, you know, she was educated here, so it's different. But it was like, they were like, we don't want you to sit in a hosiery business like we mm. are, 12 hours a day doing whatever. We want you to get educated. Yeah. And I read your post and I just, my daughter's stressed about getting her results and I just said to her, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I said, I don't care about your education. Mm -hmm. My thing is you've given it your best mm. and that's all that matters. But follow your heart. Yeah. Forget following a career where you're just like, 
oh, 10,000 or $10 million yeah, at the yeah. end of this or this. Or, yeah, yeah. Follow what you enjoy. And mm-hmm. she is an artist. Mm-hmm. So she's doing like an, um, an art, she's doing work in art. Mm-hmm. And now she's going into interior design. Fantastic. I was yeah. like, I know who to talk to. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, so that's what she's going to degree for. And my middle one's saying she's really artistic. You know, youngest one's saying, I just said, follow yeah. your heart, follow your dreams. 100%. Education isn't all there. It's about what you do, experience, all sorts. And wherever God's going to take you, is going to take yeah. you. But that really hit me. Because I was mm-hmm. like, I'm watching this individual who I now know from the museums, the exhibitions. I've seen his work. I've seen the bus that he's created. You know, brought one. And we're all sitting there going, this man didn't get his GCSEs and he's, he's mm. sat on this and I thought it was really you know it was, it was really impactful and it, was, mm. it massively took the stress off yeah. my daughter at the time it massively took the stress off and it makes you think again going actually in today's world education isn't the most your YouTubers who are making millions and millions of pounds mm. some of them are uneducated your, your side men your K, yeah. you know KSI your people like that who are on the internet they're making more money than the educated ever yeah. with yeah it's about the skills and abilities it's about like you said entrepreneurship it's mm-hmm. about uh, pushing yourself it's about motivation as well yeah, yeah. massively so Definitely. no it's really hit me that did yeah um so with your business now how many people work town 3d how does it work or yeah, what so is we, it? we've got like about um so we've got a team of six people now okay all together and then we have other freelancers who we plug in when we have like o- overflow yeah um but yeah so it's it's kind of growing it's we're kind of the business is doubling each year yeah so each year we kind of increase in size by two okay um so yeah so that that's kind of um did, happening at the moment did yeah. covid impact it so kind of in a way, yeah, the, the COVID was an interesting one for us. Yeah, mm. it didn't impact us the same way it impacted different industries very mm. differently. Um, so for us, uh, number one, it, it, it leveled the playing field. Yeah. Because we were just like some some people in their living room or yeah. like in my garage, as you yeah. saw. Yeah, just de- plugging away and trying to do stuff. But the thing is, everyone was in their living room and, and in their I mean. thing it, as well. And it, all of a sudden... Because I've seen your business grow during COVID. Yeah, yeah no, it did, yeah. And and so I think in the other thing as well is our... Um, the, the, the content that we produce, our business, the immersive sort of content, lends itself really well to virtual. Yeah. So I've been talking about, like, for the last 10 years about virtual objects, virtual environments, yeah. virtual experiences. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, everyone was finally... Yeah. Well, actually, we need virtual environments, virtual models, and virtual yeah. experiences. And my phone just went off the hook, and we were just like busy, like in it. I mean, that first, the first sort of like year, yeah, like during COVID, yeah. like was just like absolutely like just like mind blowingly like busy, like in it. Like I didn't even have a moment. I actually became ill in that first year. I'm not surprised. Overworked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I was just overworked, and then you know bringing other people in, and then starting delegating that information, learning how to manage. And you got to remember as well, when I started my business, I didn't have a clue how to start, a bi- how to run a business. Yeah. Like I was learning, but it was that same thing, and it because I had learned taught myself before. Mm. You know, I'm a self learner. Like I pretty much I can pick up any piece of software and I can learn it. Yeah. I can pick up any you know uh, technology. I can learn it. You know, with, with as long as I've got the time to do it. Yeah. And uh, like, so I had that knack and this was something different. It was like learning and it was a new challenge. Actually, I actually kind of was quite um, excited by it because I was running a business. That's really different because I've done software and, and all these kind of things. And you're always learning and things are changing. But this was actually a new challenge. So I kind of relished it and kind of really enjoyed speaking to people 
uh, asking people about how they're running business, listening to podcasts, YouTube videos about yeah, yeah. running a business, and just learning. Like there's so much content out there, yeah. you can pretty much learn anything. So I just kind of started learning and learning, and kind of it became really um, kind of um, actually. Oh yeah, I need to learn about finance. I need to learn about this and accountant over there. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah, I need. Uh, I I probably still need a lot of advice yeah, yeah. there. If you need, and the thing he is, does mine. I, I do, I, with the podcast, <laughs> with, with the money that I got from Secret Snippets, I was like, yeah. I don't want to lose my job. I'm yeah. a policeman. I've got no, to do everything honestly. Yeah, I need an accountant yeah, no, to fill in my taxes and pay everything. So yeah, so it's kind of like just been a it's been a great learning experience really, and I've kind of really enjoyed it, and and it's been like it's brought like a and, and this is a thing, and going back to what you said about you know what what is our aim and our goal? Yeah, for mm. our parents it was survival. Yes, joy for them was survival and yeah. seeing their kids flourish. Yeah, no yeah. hand me downs, no nothing. For, did for us now, yeah, um, it's different. Like it's not about survival; it's about quality of life, and mm. you know. And so, you know, there is a there is a certain thing about, OK, what, what do I want in life? And for, when we think about our kids and we think, OK, we want them to be a doctor, lawyer or engineer. Yeah. But I think that we should want our kids to be happy in life and that's joyful it. in life. And that's all. And, and, and thing is, if, if they it doesn't matter if they've got like a, a really great job. And you know they they paid really well, nice car and everything. If they're miserable and it's they're miserable depressed, having a breakdown, like, it's it, not good, is it? It's not good, and and I think um, you know th- that's the key thing, really. I think if if you follow your passion, if you follow what you're interested in, you're always going to be joyful, and you're always going to be creative, and you're always going to be fresh, and you're always going to be excited and enjoying it. And like for me, yeah, I don't feel as though like it, it sounds weird, yeah, like it's hard work, yeah, but like I don't it? feel as though I'm working. I feel as yeah. though actually this is interesting. Every project project that comes along yeah it's like and thing is i get to pick the projects now as well like yeah. i get to say well no that's a bit boring now like yeah. that's why we don't do that many architectural projects now yeah because mm. only so many the kind of room configurations you can come up with like in it yeah but it's not like, so, i remember i remember looking at the rooms that you created and i was like okay i'm in like a 3d hilton no, i can't remember like, you know like luxury apartments i'm like yeah like, turn that light on turn that light on you're just like i can i can see this room yeah yeah, yeah. it doesn't look like it doesn't look like what I've seen on Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not I like that. It looks yeah. like a proper room. So, the work that you carry on, like I said, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. With regards to obviously, you've got your private business, you got all that. I think most of us within the C community know you from all the work you've carried out within the community. Because first thing I remember is seeing a Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I remember seeing a Kickstarter with this bust goal, and I was like. What the hell is this? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, we're on Kickstarters looking at a roti machine, this <laughs> machine, what machine, you know, all sorts of other things. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're all on there for. Like, yeah. What's going to help me in life? And then all yeah. of a sudden, this, this God is just saying, this what comes on? And I was like, whoa, what is this? Mm-hmm. How did that develop? How did, how did that come yes. back in your head to go, this is my idea, yeah. and this is what I want to make so, happen? So, like I said, that was like during the time I was at work. I was really kind of like bored, you know, doing the same stuff at work. I was clocking it, but it was just like, you know, and I was just like, what do I do with this excess creativity and these ideas and stuff? Yeah. Because the thing is, when, you, when, you, when you're creative and you leave those ideas inside, they start to fester a little bit. Yeah, you get they start off. to sort of like, you know, get a bit dark and, yeah. you know, whatever. And so like my advice to every creative that I meet, I always say is, look, this is in your nature and you have to create. You know, whether whether it's painful or not, yeah, you have to create like in it. It's going to end up sort of not going well for you if you don't you don't follow that. So, yeah, so I started to go like drawing classes, sculpting classes, started doing sculpture, started learning digital sculpture. And then I thought, you know, 
looking at the digital you know looking at the sculpture landscape or the art landscape out there like you can go online look at any sculpture website and you'll find sort of like native americans you'll find your spartans your romans yeah, you'll find you know greeks and i was Hercules. like i wanted like you know i wanted a baba deep singh or a, like a banda singh bahadur one or i wanted like you know i want to see like a sikh warrior like and it looking yeah. amazing like a spartan yeah and i was like there's nobody available and there was a couple coming from india but they were a bit sort of like you know i looked at them and i thought yeah they're okay yeah but they're a bit you know cheesified they don't really have that sort of superhero quality to yeah. them yeah like in it and so i was like yeah I'll, let's let's make a thing yeah like in it so i picked i picked a thing you know garja singh yeah, like exactly. in it from bota singh garja singh and i saw and i just started to imagine and i looked at the picture you know where they've got the they got this you know um shawl like wrapped across and that and you know I started reading about the heritage and history and stuff like that and you know I started to sort of like say okay yeah so let's make first of all I modeled up the anatomy so I do lots of yeah. study in anatomy and stuff so it kind of became I was doing exercises in anatomy anyway you see them on my feed you'll see like anatomy torso 1 torso 2 torso 3 and then torso 4 was basically um you what know you, garja singh in it so i had the torso then i added the legs and stuff and then started doing the kashera that was difficult because it's cloth based yeah. so i had to start learning how does cloth fall and things like that and i mean i look at it now and i think oh, i could do much better than that now yeah but at the time it was like no. and so anyway i was modeling this up and i'd show it you know i show it to my friends and stuff like that not publicly though because i was yeah. scared to show stuff publicly because you know we all have this fear of showing our artwork and it because we're like we're scared of the judgment or we're scared so we we we're scared of the judgment but we're also scared of the success as well we're scared mm. of the failure but we're also scared of the success course, as well yeah. because it puts pressure on you you see because it's easy to stand on the uh, the, the uh, you know the sidelines the periphery yeah it's yeah. easy Always. to stand there so like my, i'm i'm still learning yeah like and that's what i used to say yeah. i'm still learning and stuff and it and like you know I, i was really lucky that i had some really good sort of people around me who were like pushing me who saw something in me yeah. obviously of dar singh at that time yeah i went to a sculpting uh, he passed away actually you right. know you know uh, a few years ago and it was while i was at a sculpting retreat yeah so i went to sculpting retreat for a week and he passed away i heard about it and i was like really sad but the thing is i was i, I knew that he was always happy everything that i did yeah he got to see the garja singh you see like in mm. it and uh, then i was getting more into the portraits so that's what all the course i was on and you know he was he was just so happy when when he saw garja singh and what we'd done you know cuz these are the dreams that we had like few you know from years ago like from, of, when you went for yeah, masters and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah that's it and so um i was at the sculpting retreat but all all i felt was that you know what i knew he'd be proud like and i'm continuing on i'm carrying on and stuff and it yeah and um so so yeah so the garja singh was there i was working on it and then my friend would come down and he would just be like um oh that's really nice when you make it you make it for me at the time i had no 3d printers 3d yeah. printers weren't really that popular or or cost effective at the time yeah. so i would be sending it off like for a print so i the first print that i got i've got it actually somewhere in the house yeah. and i got it printed it cost me something crazy like 150 pound like yeah. and i sent it off and it got printed and it came back and i was able to see it and then he said i'll oh, make me one and then my cousin came down and said i'll oh, make me one and everyone who came down and had a look said make me one yeah. and then uh, a friend of mine called dilji yeah and he he's really great he he does a lot of like coaching and you know neuroscience and and teaching and all that kind of stuff yeah and he was just like what are you doing is why don't you just do a crowdfund or yeah. a kickstarter and stuff like that and i was like 
always doing the usual excuses nay nee, halle you know the qualities not there i'm still learning at the moment <laughs> this is the first test and that he's like look just do it so i said all right then so i did the video and everything and then yeah, i had to put myself on the video in it and that was really difficult oh my god i like, put a camera there and i had to film myself and i was like this is just not going to happen yeah i was like <laughs> didn't have the confidence or nothing cuz i didn't really like being in front of a camera or anything like that or doing even doing interviews like this it's cuz cuz of the business i mean i know that i know how hard it was to get hold of you yeah you know i know yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> and it's like cuz cuz the thing is right it's it's cuz of the business i have to do it now and it? yeah. it's like now there's no excuse it's like i'm not doing it for myself you have to do it for the it's business for the business yeah. and the business thing going to survive if you don't do these things so yeah. i kind of got used to it and um yeah so i i did the video and i made it more about the story so i said okay so i'm not comfortable being m- myself i said well i'll introduce myself and then i'll just tell the story of god just saying cuz that's what it's about really And so I said so what uh, did you do did you read like the Panth Prakash because I said yeah, yeah, so God just sing Buddha sing they take yeah, on the, yeah, yeah. the Muslims who say yeah, you've caused blasphemy yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they take like bullets and bullets and bullets yeah, yeah. before they So they die. take over the checkpoint you yeah, see and, also- and I think for me yeah it was really iconic because even though it was uh, like a, such a short story yeah, yeah yeah it is it's so iconic yeah because for two people yeah just to kind of just out of defiance yeah, yeah, yeah exactly just to defy and you know that story yeah like spread like wildfire across Punjab yeah yeah liking it because it was it was a, it was a bestey to the ruling muggles wasn't exactly. it these two, things. two things just said no, no. forget you liking it arjo fair yeah. and did their complete not a bestey as well in the process i mean these things are solid liking it you know it, what i mean for and, me and, i depicted it as something else. you've seen dragon ball z yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know when <laughs> anybody who hasn't seen it there's there's super saying there's there's a, there's these sayings who fight android 13 and 12 mm. and those two androids kick the shit out of everybody mm. and it's that it's that yeah. when you read that yeah. story you're like i can see that in in anime form mm. and these two just took them all at the time so so for me it was more about like imagery really in it yeah. like the images that we see the superheroes the films that we watch yeah they have a big effect on our psyche and our like outlook and our like you know our, our ideas and so i thought well you know i i really want to see a really powerful thing like in it i want to see a really powerful thing absolutely kind of you know awesome looking and and just ready for like war like just showing that when they came here he was just like ready like in it yeah. and so i started modeling it and started trying to sort of like and and thing is when you when you're doing artwork what you're trying to do is you're trying to interpret a feeling you're trying to interpret like a an idea and you're trying to like interpret it into something physical. Yeah. And it takes time and that's so all working on it in that way and and you know worked on it and then did the Kickstarter and now I'm scared or oh, nobody's going to fund it. How are we going to get to how are we going to get to 12,000 pounds yeah? Like and it cuz that's the minimum order I could make yeah. yeah. Um how are we going to get that? And I thought, you know what? I said I'll make it 30 days. Yeah. Just give me more time and stuff in it. And literally like it got it got funded within like 4 days. 4 days. Yeah, yeah. it's done. It was done. <laughs> it was done in 4 days. I'm like showing it on Seeker Awareness, yeah. Seeker Sangha, the yeah. you know, Seeker to everything it was showing. So that was like really that kind of really boosted my confidence like and, and it was really nice that it came from the Sangha as well and yeah. that like they kind of approved and they said TK like there's a few kind of naysayers and stuff like that but you know you're always going to get that like you know yeah. that you you know that's like kind of normal. and so yeah that that kind of happened and then i went through the process the year after that was actually getting them made yeah which was really painful like in it i'm seeing your prakash samagam with them and things yeah, like yeah. that so I was like to get the packaging ready and all that and i didn't enjoy that bit like in it yeah. you know what i mean and then i realized actually i've got to find a different way of doing this and so ever since then i mean that was about 4 or 5 years ago now yeah. and ever since then i've still been developing the statues but i haven't been like going out and doing a kickstarter and doing uh, you know selling it because i'm trying to find sustainable way of doing it you see yeah. 
because I think unless you've got loads of you know massive amounts of orders, yeah. which we won't have with the C community, it's you can't really fund it properly. No, no. Like and it. So I what I realized was that um what what that Kickstarter did for me though was I could afford some three D printers. Yes. So I used the money from that, the profit from that, I invested in three D printers. So I've got my own. I've got two three D printers of my own now. And I was able to start prototyping and working on these. So yeah. just now, like, so I've had these busts that I've done, yeah, for a while, yeah. So singing a singing, so I've been working on a singing statue as well. Yeah. And then finally, my, I got the 3D printer to a stage, you know, tuned it up and everything to a stage where I can now print these at home. Yeah. And that's really cost effective and sustainable because it means that as long as my kind of printers are carrying on printing, I can like just start making these. I don't have to rely on a manufacturer. Yeah, I exactly. don't have to get large print runs. You done. don't have to cost of delivery. And literally we make this. them to order. So we've got like four different colors, mm. you know, so, you know, and uh, and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Sati, who runs Urban Akali. Yeah. So they do all these like t-shirts and Marley and things like that. Yeah. A lot of this is, you know, sicky kind of related um, material, see. like in it design work. And like, you know, I met him and he was just a lovely guy. And I just thought, you know what, you you love selling this stuff and meeting people and doing this stuff. I like making it. I said, what if I make it and then you can just sell it for me yeah. and that because I can't be dealing with all of that. Because that's the thing, because we're so busy in the business and the work that we do, yeah. you know, all the heritage work and all the teaching that we do that I haven't got time to manage the, that customer service. That's why I haven't sold any in the past couple of years. And I get like a couple of emails a week saying, oh, can I get your statues? Yeah. And I'm like, really sorry. Yeah, and quite obviously, just talking to you, it isn't something you're interested in. No, no, actually it's, it's not. not yeah. something you're, it's not something yeah. you're interested There are some people out there that just go, I want to be... Your, your nimrata shows it. You don't want to be ahead of anything. And at the same time, you're just like, I don't want to be selling this sort of stuff. Mm. Because then I've got to put myself out there. You, you've yeah. got enough on as it is. Yeah. And I can see, while there's other people that are just like, I want to be doing this. That's yeah. what I want to be doing. So you found an outlet with Urban Akali yeah. where he's able yeah. to do that side, which you hated, yeah. but you still get to reap the benefits of seeing your creative side. Mm. And I'm happy to see them out there as well because I want yeah. people to have them in it. Because, like, um, you know, I went to my sister's house and she's got them on her, like, you know, uh, on her mantelpiece and yeah. you know she absolutely loves them and I looked at them and I just thought you know what that's you know that's that's what I wanted in it I want yeah. people to enjoy them I want people to see them and like for me when I look at it yeah like and it obviously for me it's like I have this affinity with the things of the the 18th century that, that yeah, time and it's like I always go back to that time in it yeah and it's like when I see it, it makes me it reminds me of them so for me it's kind of like it, it it's it's so much more deeper than just creating it's not just for me it's not like i create a statue and then i sell it yeah that's like really cheapening the thing for me it's like you know these uh you know good six you know gave up everything for yeah, for, for Siki, what they believed in and stuff in it and so for me it's like i'm honoring them like and i'm remembering them it's like we, really we can't do anything for them no you know but I mean? no but their story is now shared yeah you know for a lot of people, they don't know about Gajah Singh or Bhutta Singh. They don't know yeah. that story from Padma Prakash because it's, it's not Katha that is regularly told yeah. at all at the Gurdhan. Um Singh's sister's got the Baidyalaji statue uh, mm. on her mantelpiece. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, uh, they, everybody talks about Bhai Mati Das. Like, yeah. That's the one Shahid they always talk yeah, about yeah, when yeah. it comes to Nong Pasha's Shahidi. Yeah. But then you've got Baidyalaji, you know, Bhai Sati Das. Those are all there as well. But... So and just seeing the imagery when you see that bust, you're mm. just like, man, that's that's some kamai. Mm. I get scared 100%. of a hot bath, yeah. and yeah, yeah. you know these all gave up their sarir. Definitely, yeah. Um, and for for me, it's what you've done is visualized 
portions of Siki that don't exist. Yeah. Or they they did exist, but aren't daily remembered anymore. 100%, yeah. And I think it's about making it real because, um, you know, a lot of our stories that are told, yeah, they're all told word of mouth and yeah. through, like, paintings and stuff like that. But I think for people, we need to sort of... Re- re- make this make our heritage real mm. and the way that we make our heritage real is we we kind of we move into new um media formats well we've seen the new toys coming out have you yeah, seen yeah, yeah. they're really good yeah really fantastic so that yeah. sort of thing and yeah. it's like you said the other thing is representation everybody's got a spartan bust yeah everybody's got a hercules i've i've got an achilles one from when yeah. we went to corfu we've got more Stories of war and epics and yeah, you're 100%, martyrs yeah. than so anybody else. Content, yeah. We went to Rome, you know, yeah. you see the story of St. Sebastian and mm-hmm. you see the the things of Job and, you know, the yeah. old biblical yeah, stories. Yeah, you're like, hang on, I was there only a couple of hundred years ago. Yeah. I mean, really, to be fair, yeah, all, all I want to do, yeah, even yeah. starting the business, yeah, like I didn't really want to start a business. I don't want to become a businessman or an entrepreneur. I did That yeah. wasn't my sort of... That wasn't thing. the intention. No, that was my intention, really. In it, like yeah. in it, we're doing really well at it, yeah. But it wasn't my intention, because all I really want to do is sit at home and sculpt these like statues and stuff, Good. and make animations like of of things and sing me and talk about Siki and tell stories about Siki. Yeah. But the business is my vehicle for doing that. Yeah. So as the be- as the business grows, my plan is that I will be able to extract myself out of the business. The business can run itself. Yeah. Um, with me managing it, overseeing it, and then I'm, I'm I'm able to buy back my time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all about that's what it's always it's been about. about. It's always been about life. time. Yeah. And for me, I want to buy back my time so I can then sit and uh, just do like sculptures and awesome stuff like this. And you know what I mean? Like no, no, I, I love <laughs> it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, how many busts have you done? Because you got the uh, by God just bought the thing. You got obviously by the LSC. Yeah. By so this this one is one that I've been working on for a while, and yeah. I've been struggling with this one for a long time. And yeah. so I do like little bits here and there, and um, it's meant to be Bibi Hasharankor, yep. you know, who, yep. who did the sanskar. Sanskar of the, the yeah. So I kind of visualized her like this, and I'm yep. with you know ready to go ready for war and stuff. And I've done various different poses trying to get which one would be the best for her. Yep. So I've done her with a bow and arrow, and so it's it's all about experimenting and these busts came about because um yeah. like um i'd been working on these for a while and then a, a friend of mine contacted me and said oh we need um to give um some there's a gothica competition we need to give some gifts to the kids okay, yeah. yeah and i was like you know what you know because you see statues and there's usually like yeah, a exactly. on there and i was like well look i said look um i can't promise but i'll try and print some for you yeah. and so i just printed a load of these for him really quickly and that yeah. and then i gave them to him in wolverhampton and they gave them out to the kids and that and I was just like, you know, and then, um, you know, I was talking to Sati about it and I said, look, I printed them. I said, I just need to find some materials and that. And thing is, it's for me, it's about the finishing in it because I always want to give a good quality, quality piece, product. Yeah. Kind of. So I was able to, the problem with 3D printing is right. It's a quite, it's, it's a not, there's two different processes and, and, you know, you've got your resin and your FDM. And the resin one is really good, but it's really hard to reproduce. Whereas this one's really easy to reproduce and yep. cheaper. And things I want to make it cost effective for people as well. I don't want it to be too expensive. So yeah. I kind of like, you know, this is a good balance of quality and, um, you know, speed as well. So I kind of, you know, opted for these and said, okay, these are ready to go out, finish the product 
and let's just get it out there. So yeah, so I think we've got about like thirty of these that have gone out so far, and we That's only went live about I think it was about a week ago. Well, yeah, so yeah. yeah, it wasn't long ago because yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the three of them. And I was like, yeah, so, what the hell's this? Yeah, so where's this come from? <laughs> <laughs> so we got ones going. They've been going out to like Texas and America and like yeah. crazy. You know, you just you just you don't imagine. And even when the Gorja thing, the Kickstarter, when the Kickstarter came yeah. in, yeah. I mean, we went as far as Malaysia, like Africa, there was things, you know, um, Kenyan Kenya, places yeah. like that. And then we had like can loads from Canada and America was loads. UK yeah. was loads. And then we had like uh, Abu Dhabi, you know, Dubai. It's, it's surprising like how many that. are there. And then Malaysia, a lot of Sikhs hung up there. And yeah. even Australia, we had a couple going to Australia as well. So that was really cool. But they were done in bronze, weren't they? We did so. So they were done in resin, yeah. yeah. So that was done by a casting technique. Yeah. So they were doing casting, and I learned how to do the casting, and I okay. did a bit of the casting myself, but I couldn't do all of it, so I got somebody else to do it with for me. And then, and it's a very costly process as well, which is why I'm looking at three D yeah, printing yeah, now because it's more cost effective. Because the thing is, rather than getting like having to order five hundred or a thousand yeah, stuff exactly. in stock, now like Sati says to me, "Oh, we got an order for." the the stone coloured ones or we got for the granite version ones and I'll actually just print them to order. Yeah, but that's the best thing, isn't it? That's um, why my yeah, books yeah. are print to order. I'm exactly. just like I can't afford to spend uh, four thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. Have a load of copies and 100%. like now go. I've had seventy orders. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I got two two thousand books out here. You yeah. know, I can't do that. It's not effect cost effective. So, so this is what we've come to now. So the technology is there now. So um, we've got like three D printers. We've got access to three D printers now, and then that's yeah. going. And so, so the, so I've done these. I've got BB Sharanko. I've got some guard statues. So these are the guard versions. So Sing and Singni with guard. You know, guard. Yeah. I've done one of by for Jussing. Yes, we've just seen that. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got one of um um. Um, which one was it? I've, I've got one. Um, there's a couple that I'm working on where yeah. they're like meditation poses and stuff like yeah. that and meant to be like, you know, uh, Baba Deep Singh and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but there's one actually that I'm working on, like, in it, which is um, Saint Janelle Singh uh, by Amrique Singh, in it. Oh, my God. Um, but I, 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 I won't really, you know, <laughs> no, no. reveal too much about it, but that, there's one I'm working on on that one as well, like, in it, which is going to be epic, like, in it. I'm sure oh, yeah. it will be, man, considering all these so far. Yeah, so so the thing is, I, I'm working my way through, but at the same time, I'm learning as I'm doing it. Yeah. So I'm kind of just learning, and then each time I add something new to it. And thing is, I think the heritage stuff has really helped. Yeah. So I've been working in heritage for the past couple of years, so we've been doing the Anglo-Sikh side. Well, that's, that's the next question. Yeah, it's all right, I'll let you ask that question. But, then, right, yeah. so I was going to ask, tell me how you got started with the yeah. 3D sculptures for Shahid, which you've done. Mm-hmm. But the next question I want to: How did you get involved in the augmented reality? That was one of my favourite things. Yeah, yeah. Watching my kids with the augmented reality, go, oh my god, what's this? And yeah. uh, you know the work that you've done with the the 3D artifacts for the uh, Anglo Sikh. Because did you do the Kohinoor as well? Yeah, the yeah. Kohinoor. So, yeah. So those sorts of things for me, and the uh, the virtual display where you can rotate all the items, yeah. the information there. Yep. Tell me how you got involved in that. The, obviously. It looks amazing, but I'm yeah. guessing it took absolutely ages to do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you, well, you'd be surprised, actually. Some of those pieces we were able to pull off very quickly and efficiently. Okay. Um, so, obviously, I've got a background in heritage because I worked on the Ang- Anglo- uh, sorry, the Sikh Cyber Museum in yeah. 2003. And then, obviously, working at Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery. Okay. So, there I was around collections and digital collections there as well. Anyway, um, I was wor- I obviously I know um, Gurinder Singh man from um, Leicester. Yeah, he does a lot of heritage work, a lot of research and stuff. So I was talking to him, and like we've been having a couple of conversations, and he kind of mentioned how some collections are really hard. Like it's, it's a shame, yeah, that me, you know, our kids are never going to get to see some of these artifacts. Yeah, because 
heritage items are really important because they make things real. Yes. When you see a Roman, like, you know, marble statue or when you see, like, uh, you know, an artifact from history, it makes that history real because yeah. there's some proof that it happened. Yeah. And for, unfortunately for us, yeah, a lot of our heritage artifacts are in private collections or hidden away or locked away or lost. Lost or destroyed. And so these are the couple of uh, problems that we were trying to solve. So he was like, they're very expensive to insure. Like private collectors don't want to let go of them because they're afraid, you know, that they'll get stolen or somebody will take them. Uh, museums have them in storerooms. There's no perceived sort of interest in these items, so they're not put on display because a lot of ethnic minorities don't go to museums. Yeah. So I started to think about this, and at the time, like we were digitizing buildings and you know buildings that hadn't been built yet, like in it, mm. like for example, um, you know, um, the Grand Central. Um, Grand Central train station in Birmingham, New Street. Yeah. You know, we visualized the whole kind of food court when it was before it was being built. And I was like, well, you know what? I could model all these things. I could model these artifacts and we could sort of recreate them. And, and I said, not only that, I said we could change the way that they are and put them in their original form or fix them or repair them. Or if we haven't got them anymore, we can recreate them. Yeah. So he was just like, okay, yeah, let's do a little test. So we did a little test in our own time. Yeah. And we started with the, the, the Chirena in it. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, of Gurgaon, yeah, Gurgaon. So I did one plate, the front plate. With the Jab Saib and Jab Saib on it. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I started with the first one, yeah. And I did the first one and the results were coming up really well. And he took it to America to a conference and presented yeah, yeah, it. That, yeah. yeah. And so the feedback was really good. And he was like, yeah, look, let's do a few more. So we did the Kohinoor and we modeled it with Kohinoor. Yeah. Actually, not how it is in the Queen's... No, no, it's how it was before. How it was on yeah. Maharaja Ji Singh's arm. Yeah. So when we show people that and they see it on an arm, you know... Because you look at it and you're like... like yeah. You know when you go to like tacky Indian weddings, yeah? yeah. And they've got like the the massive diamonds and it's just like... Yeah. And then you see that and you're like, that's a real diamond yeah. of that size. Yeah, yeah. That and And so, um, yeah, so we did that and it came out really well and then... Um, he was doing an exhibition, um, Anglo Sikh history exhibition. And he says, "Look, could we put these on a screen?" And I said, "Look, let's put it on a screen. Let's put it on an augmented reality screen, and yeah. let's see what happens." Yeah. And so we only had like a really minimal fee, like it was next to nothing. I, I was doing it in the evenings and weekends, like while I was working. And yeah, it was a real big success. The museum said, "Look, all the kids and families." We were there first it. day. Yeah. We were there first day at yeah. the talks. And we were the first ones to try it out. Yeah. Me and my kids. So. I remember being that it's not just the augmented reality, but it was the. I remember walking in. It was the Newark um, Houses, ha- Houses Museum, Museum yeah. in Leicester, yeah. next to Dumont for University. Yeah. We had the lectures, um, and then after that, we walked in. First thing is your screen yeah. with the weapons on yeah. and the Maharani Jin's items and things yeah, like yeah. that, which the kids could rotate and information on there. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. So that's not even yeah. the augmented reality. Then you saw the replica of the Kohinoor. Mm-hmm. And then in the last piece where you saw the uniforms, the dust, the dust from Grand Sai yeah. that they had there, which was from the battlefield with the Shasta, and then you had the augmented reality. And I was like, it's the first time I'd seen anything. I remember you going, we pick up this little piece of... Uh, QR codes, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And you're like, no, no, put it in front. And then the kid's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So I'd never seen anything like yeah. that. So the idea was that kids could play with it because yeah. what we said was, look... Kids go to a museum and they see something behind the glass yeah. and they look at it and then they walk off and they're bored. Yeah, it doesn't really mean anything to them. But yeah. our, my idea was that what if they could pick it up virtually? 
you know. Yeah. And so we did the, we did the touch, you know, does that screen yeah hmm. belong to the museum? They had it in this some storage container somewhere. Okay. They weren't even using it, yeah. And are we requesting can we use it? They gave it to us and we put it on and we made it work. Yeah. So that was that was really good. And so the following year, um they did a heritage bid and they got the funding so that time we got a bit more money you see yeah. so we said let's let's digitize more objects and let's do a vr one mm. so we digitized about like you know another 12 objects and then we did a vr one so now in this vr headset you can actually pick up the sword now i saw that yeah well, i was the there for that as well yeah and you can do all that so that was really fun and we took it around to the schools and everyone loved it and you know what kind of a lot of my business actually started because of that project so okay. again seva like drives your passion drives your career drives your your yeah, business yeah. you know what i mean so it's kind of like for me yeah, it's like well if i'm passionate about something and i'm creating things and i'm putting them out there and i'm sharing them with people the business just comes in I, you know i you know the business comes naturally you see because yeah. from that other museums started approaching us and other businesses started approaching us can you reproduce this can you digitize this can you scan this room yeah and it just kind of like exploded from there. And then I went down to three days at work and then I was doing the business. <laughs> okay, you know yeah. what I mean? And then eventually when I was able to replace those three days of work with money from the business, yeah. I was like, well, there you go now, isn't it? And yeah. then now it's full time and stuff. And then six months later, pandemic hits. Yeah. And then we were just like inundated and then like just busy. Like, isn't it? And then now we're three years later now. And we got a team of six people and like we're working with like museums, we're working with medical companies, working with uh, automotive companies, car companies to visualize their cars. Uh, we're working with universities. Um, we've worked with manufacturers, large manufacturers from America, you know, designers in Canada. Mm. And like, it's just kind of like exploded. Good. And so it should do. With regards to those sorts of artifacts and the um, uh, augmented reality, are there any further plans with that? Or you is that sat there as it is as it is and yeah so, so that, that that stands as itself yeah. um the idea is to put another bid in so that we can do some further stuff mm -hmm. and obviously we, we're we're doing some work at the moment in the metaverse yeah, yeah. so the metaverse is like uh what what the next version of the web is going to be yeah, yeah. which is going to be more interactive more environments more 3d environments and you know people walking around and experiencing things rather than just looking at a web page so are you are you doing that within i know there's like the metaverse is out there, like Decentraland, Axios, and mm. other places. Have you? Are you looking within those? Are you looking at setting up yeah. your own metaverse? Or? No. So we're we're building our own sort of like, it, it, and and I don't think it's gonna. It's not gonna be like one big be, metaverse. Yeah. It's yeah. not like. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna have these big platforms and stuff like yeah. that, but really, it's gonna be like web pages are individual exactly. web pages. It's gonna be loads of individual little metaverses, like yeah. you know. And to be fair, yeah, we've been doing interactive yeah, online three yeah. Ds for since 2010 oh. so we did the first online interactive like uh environment which was the Shah Jahan Mosque exactly that's what I was about to say uh, in 2011 the video is still on YouTube yeah, yeah so like when people talk about metaverse a lot of hype around it now but really a lot of us who work in the 3D immersive industry we've been doing it for 10 years it's just a new name that they've given it you see yeah. it, you know it sounds quite you know well, they, they funky, talk about yeah. it more because yeah. of the the cryptocurrency that goes along with it yeah, like yeah. so it's a decentralized and yeah. and uh, you know uh, Kadana, you know those sorts of crypto coins go within the metaverse it's mm -hmm. about money making for like roblox and yeah yeah things like so that, we're, we're looking at making sort of like online museums now where you can interact with these objects you can listen to the history and hear it yeah uh, we've also we were on the west midlands 5g you know um test bed as well so we yeah. were part of the 
um, the accelerator that was testing the technology. So we got to test all of our immersive technologies oh, on right. the actual new 5G testbed, which is going to be coming in, which is absolutely brilliant. Was it? Did it make a massive difference? With it regards? does actually. So so it's not just faster internet. I mean, it's faster, yeah. yeah. It's not just faster internet. It's actually richer experiences. So okay. we, we can do augmented reality. So we did the, you know, the Commonwealth Games. Up, yeah. So during the pandemic, the Commonwealth Games, uh, obviously they couldn't get the mascot out there. There's a guy in the suit goes out, Perry the mascot. So we actually created a 3D model of the character and mm. made Instagram filters so everyone could take photographs with, 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 with Perry the mascot. And um, that, that, the limit for that is about four megabytes. So it's got to be really efficient. So we had to really, you know, get this to a good quality. Um, but very, very efficient, like in it, um, no kind of uh, wasted polygons, anything like that. So you've got to be really efficient with it. And we managed to do that. And um, with 5G, you'll be able to do sort of like 10 times that. Okay. So we did a test where we were trying to send it to 75. So four, four megabytes generally on a normal sort of connection yep. will download in sort of like under five seconds. Yeah. So we've tested our models on there. Any, pretty, most connections, it will download in under five seconds. Uh, with 5G, you'll be able to download 10 times that. So that's like going like 75 to 100 megabytes. So we made a package with an artifact and it had like newspaper clippings, audio files with it. It had like uh, videos with it as well. And within that package. So our idea was you go to a museum, you scan a tag, like you see something that you like or a sword or a helmet or something like that. You scan it and you can take it home with you. And then you can view it on your screen and it comes up on your table yeah. and then you can sort of like listen to all the history of it. You can see all the newspaper clippings and you okay. can see all the information about it. In my mind, everything Back to the Future 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like basically... Back to the Future 2. Uh, what was the other one? Um, like Star Trek. Star Trek, the Total Recall, like you know, that. those sorts of things. Yeah. So holograms work on mobile phones at the moment, augmented reality. Yeah. But when these new glasses are going to be coming out in yeah, the yeah. next couple of years, Apple, you know... Um, you know, Apple, Google, Google yeah. um, Snapchat had one, yeah, Instagram, all of them. All yeah, they're yeah. all developing these AR glasses. Yeah. yeah, Microsoft have got one called Hololens. I've actually done some yeah. work on it, but it's too expensive. It's about two, three grand at the moment. Mm. The American Army bought like thousands of them, but yeah. they're, they're not going to be that useful for them, knowing it because they didn't. That's the American Army. Yeah. Really, did, Donald, did Donald Trump pay for it? Uh, I don't know who paid for it, but they paid a lot of money for them. So the thing is, when these glasses come out and they're able to sort of like put an object in there and it tracks, yeah. Um, you know, that's where things are going to get really interesting, like in it. And I think, you know, we're already in that arena. We're all, we're already producing the content for it. Yeah. And that's actually a lot of lot of our business is actually producing content for other companies. So a lot of engineering companies out there with you know with three D data, and they don't know how to use it. The thing is, the lucky for me, yeah, they all use computer games engines yeah. now to be able to visualize this real time engines as they call them now. Yeah. Um, so we're sort of taking people's 3D data, processing it, getting ready for VAR, VR, VR and AR. And also we are teaching the company. So we actually go out to the companies and we're teaching them, oh, actually, you're doing it wrong. This is how you need to do it because you're working in a game engine now. You're not working in a CAD program. Okay. So that, that's a lot of our business is just educating people about how VR and AR works and, you know, the technical aspects of that they have to go through to get to that point. That's awesome. Right? You're like the Tony Stark of the seat world, aren't you? <laughs> that's basically what you're saying. No, that's it's, for me. It's just amazing. I, I I love all the stuff that you're doing. And like I said, I look at this stuff and I'm just like, I, I know I was just saying to you, I was just like, I'd like these as big sandstone busts on the mm. front of front of Gordo's buildings, and then I'm just like the Warhammer little toys. Yeah. I'd like to be able to paint them. I'd like. Mm. There's so much you could do. Yeah, I, but but the problem is, yeah. 
you're, you're going, I've got enough work on myself. I don't want yeah, any more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of thing. But Definitely. I think that we, one of the statues, so you're talking about the bigger ones, yeah. We have actually done, um, I have actually sculpted a statue for Leicester yeah. uh, City Council and the Memorial Committee there. Yeah. So uh, it's a Commonwealth Sikh soldier from the World yes, War yeah. One and World War Two. And that is a digital model that I've created, and that's going to be CNC'd in foam yeah. at life size and then created a bronze, so with a life size bronze sculpture going into Leicester, Victoria Square, very like within the next sort of year. Wicked. Yeah, so, so it's getting to that's that. Go, point that's now, going yeah. where, the, um, where they do Remembrance Parade and everything, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. So it's Victoria Park, where they yeah. do that, yeah. Oh, it's wicked. I, did, I didn't realise that. Those rumours, because obviously mm. we've seen them in Smethwick, we've seen them in other places. I didn't realise you were doing that. That's awesome. No, I just I, I absolutely love the work that you do, and like I said, idiots like me have millions of ideas. We can't implement anything. I I've, I can barely draw a stick man, <laughs> so my kids are really creative, and and I always say to them, I'm just like, you know, I'd like to do this, and and I see, uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but there's a company who's doing like Seek NFTs with Seek Art and yeah, things yeah. like that, and I'm just like, all of your items could be an NFT. Mm-hmm. You could do different NFTs and just one of a kind, not created in something, and all of a sudden you're just like, there's something there, there's real seat collectible art. There's, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's... I think that that was the really key thing for me as well, is like when 3D printers came around, it was like, actually there's something tangible there now that yeah. we, you know, because usually it was a 3D model on a screen yeah. and there's not much you can do. Yeah. But now it's kind of like, actually whatever I produce in 3D, I can now just 3D print it, like, and, it, and, yeah. and, and, and that's really cool. And I'm doing some other work as well in terms of like uh, like VR. So I'm looking at doing like a, I've I've already done a virtual version of the Harmonda side okay. online, and so I'm working on that. And I'm also working on like a VR meditation room with like Maharaj Maharaj in front of you, Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Yeah. And it's kind of like going back to um, the 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 first image that I did, the first 3D image that I did was of Guru Granth Sahib Ji in it. Yeah. It's like an old image, it's like floating about on the internet. It's it's and the one that you find on the old Prakash Magam posters yeah that's the one yeah yeah so and that was like that's going back like 20 years now almost yeah yeah. and um so yeah so doing a vr version of that that you can actually step into Mm. and then you can sort of like you you put the headset on and you're actually in the you're you're in this sort of environment and you're all around you see space and there's an ocean there and you see maharaj with light and it's just meant to be sort of like a meditation um um yeah, no. I'm, I'm, yeah, so like that, so. that's something I work. I'm going to release it as a sort of like a, a 360 YouTube video and a VR application, and also I'm going to release it like as a screensaver as well. So you can just have it because I just put it on my TV. Yeah. Like when we're doing rare us and stuff, and it's just nice to have in the background something to look at. Because thing is, I, I think some some of us were very visual. Yeah. We need always need something no, no, visual, I, and so I think with especially with young people. It just gives them something, something to focus on or something to think about things differently. I totally agree. We were talking to um Bulljan Singh and Lester and his thing was he, he grabbed Singh over there, Montpreet Singh, and he's like, I need somebody who does animation. He goes, mm-hmm. but so many stories in Surya Prakash, I'd like them all 3D animated, very quick, two-minute, three-minute things, mm-hmm. you know, very very quickly. This is, And he's just like the visual representation is what um, is going to help the next generation. The next mm-hmm. generation are used to looking at internet feeds mm-hmm. that don't last more than 15 seconds yeah, 10 yeah. seconds yeah yeah you know and that's what they're into they can't, yeah, their yeah. intention span is gone yeah it's just absolutely gone and, and you know you've got the ability to do that but yeah you know. so what we're developing i'm developing an animation so i did an animation about 20 years ago and it was called um it was called awakening yeah 
And at the time, obviously, I, d- I didn't know how to animate properly, but I made it. And it was about the banjur, basically, um, ho- you know, uh, torturing your soul. Yeah. And then your soul taking Amrit and then finding freedom and awakening. Yeah. And so I made the animation, like, and, and like ever since then, I've thought about this, uh, how it, how I really wanted it to be. I mean, that was like with limited skills. Yeah. And so now I'm working on the full version of that now. And and the good thing about the business is the business is helping me to fund it. Yeah. So we've actually bought a motion capture suit, which will help us sort of record motion into characters for 3D animations and, and now. And so all of that is kind of, it's, it's starting to come about. Yeah. And yeah. I think... I think when I was younger, I had this very naive view of things and it that, you know, things don't, you know, things don't work without money. It's, yeah, it's yeah. really difficult. And thing is, I never really wanted to take money off people either. So the business has been great because what it means is um, I can invest in the things that I, I have, you know, I find valuable. And, and so that's been great, being able to get the equipment and the stuff that I need to, you know, yeah, make to fulfill stuff, the yeah, ideas. Hundred percent. Yeah. I bet there's a million ideas floating in your head oh, that you can't even put. I could literally just sit there, and and things that I, I think that's why our business does really well because when we speak to clients, we are there as creatives. Yeah. They're praying for our creativity, you know. So we're coming in and saying, "Have you thought about doing this? What about this? What about that?" Yeah. And so we can just stream off like ideas, like one after the other, and and different ways. And a lot of it is visual communication. And even my job before the job that I did before I started the business, yeah, it was all about interpreting engineering solutions yeah. into visual presentations so that clients could understand. Yeah. Like you know, engineers would just turn up with loads of boring information, yeah, and data. And clients would just not understand any of that. Yeah, because until you visualize something, you definitely yeah. So being able to visualize yeah. it and show yeah. that in sort of different, um, yeah. you know, different ways, and you know, communicating visually, I think is really important, and especially for young people, uh, visual communication is 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 a large part of their learning. So I think we we have got a long way to go in terms of Sikh content yeah. providing it for our young people if we want them to learn about Sikhi. But it's not just about Sikhi. You can imagine anybody who's autistic. Anybody yeah. who's got those sorts of things, and trying to uh, put things into perspective without visual aid is yeah. very difficult to 100%. do. And this is going to massively help those people. Yeah. And we seem to. I think we went to Shepherd's Bush Gurdwara, and they said we do a special keep them the bar for people who are autistic. So the the lights are down low. The key, the the one the keep them's done more quieter. Things are done, and you're just like mm. we forget about it. these people are in our community. Yeah. Um, and they are part of our community. We don't look at those sorts of differences where they might need these sorts of things. Mm. So, creative tools within Sikh schools, yeah. whether that's like the Nishkam schools or Punjabi schools, these are going to massively influence people. So, when the yeah. stories are being told by yeah. the storytellers, going, there's a saying this and this happened, it's just yeah. like, I can visualize the Shastras, I can visualize yeah. what they were. Because so I, just, I just think about like in the Sikh community, where is where are we investing a lot of our money? Yeah. We invest in buildings a lot. Yep. Like in it, we invest in events a lot as well. Number plates. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, right? What I say, what I usually say to people is, rather than investing in those things, find people doing interesting projects. Yes. You know, find people who are doing really useful projects that are going to be useful for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And invest in those. Yeah, because literally, like, for the cost of like one extension on a godwara, I mean, we could do we could do prachar to like hundreds of thousands of Sikh kids yeah. and create content. And some of the content coming out of India, yeah, is not resonating with 
the kids from here. No. They expect a certain quality, or spe- a certain way of um, a communication. Mm. And thing is, uh, unfortunately, the stuff that comes out of India, it's really good for India, but it's not good for. Uh, no, no, it's, it, it's not received very well here. Well, it it doesn't hold the attention of kids here. No. It doesn't, and the quality isn't there either, and that that, that kind of thing hurts me more. Really, yeah. you know, we've 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 got statues being made which are like of of really bad quality, yeah. like and it was recently a statue went up, and a Sikh statue that went up, and I was like, I was I was I was uh, offended by which one was that? Um, I'm not gonna say which one it is because don't wanna, like put anyone down okay, or anything yet. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm just saying, you know what? Um, we can we can do better than this. You know, of course I, mean? I look at a lot of things that come out, and I'm like, look, we can do better than this. Yeah. And we have people in our community who are talented, skilled, and willing and able. Yeah. And we need to enable those people, but we're we're not doing that at the moment. We haven't learned to sort of empower our like um, you know creative ambassadors. That's who, the big thing, now. and I think um, that's a big drive we've had. Uh, Bludgeon's God from Wolverhampton. She's amazing. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Uh, yourself, I've seen the work that's been done by um, uh, Satnam Singh with the Anandpur Sahib. The, yeah. the creative that is coming out now is what's been missing for the last mm-hmm. 20, 30 years. Yeah. If you visualise something, you see a piece of art, you do whatever, art compels emotion, emotion compels creative for other people mm-hmm. and interest as well. Yeah. So it's like when we went to Rome and you see pieces of art and you're like, what is that? What is that? And I remember seeing a piece of art at um, at the Vatican, and it was a marble statue uh, where you see this hydra come out and it's attacking this individual. And I'm like, what is that? And then you go onto the Greek stories, you're like, oh my god, that's this. Mm. Then you see another piece of art, and you're like, well, what's that? Right. And then I'm on 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 the internet and again, and I'm like, right, that's another Roman epic. That's a Greek epic. That's an epic. Mm. and it's that what that's what art does. So yeah. seeing these sorts of things compels individuals to go. Wow, that's amazing! But what is it? Yeah, uh, and and it it brings intrigue and interest into individuals, and especially that's what we want with the next yeah. generation. And and thing is, it inspires as well, yeah. isn't it? Like I I've seen artwork by like um, Rupiko, like yeah. in it, and you know what I mean it inspires you, like in it, yeah. and um, it, it does. And, and thing is, that's why, and I think. In our community, we don't value art as much, yeah. Yeah. And and we don't really understand it, like in it. I think because everything's been about survival, yeah. Yeah. The the art patronage that happened during Marjanjit Singh's time, yeah, we did lose so- a lot of that. A lot of the research and development, hmm. a lot of the sort of the education that was being done, we kind of lost it all, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I believe is that um, in terms, and, and I, this is why I love the work that you do, um, is because a lot of the English translations that were made of Gurbani, yeah. they were made to communicate with Christians. Like yeah, yeah. They were made to make sense to Christians. So they're written in a certain way. So nowadays we've got Sikhs who have a very Christian outlook of Sikhi and yeah, they don't really understand Eastern philosophy or you know, Eastern spirituality. Or metaphysics they don't. within the soul, the exactly. Atma, they don't understand anything. Because they're still in that. And, and it's like even even like Lord Indarjit Singh, like, and it, he's mm. literally like, he interprets Sikhi as Christianity yeah, yeah, as closely as he can. Yeah. And so not, those things are never going to make sense to him and certain bits of Gurbani. And what I'm trying to start to see now is that you're getting these young people coming up who don't really understand that who interpret Sikhi as, you know, in terms of the Abrahamic faiths, yeah. like in it, very much so, Lord thou art and all that, like in it. Whereas we say, you know... Uh, Paramatma, you know, Parameshwar, yeah. Hari, you know. Tu mera mata, tu yeah. mera you're my mother, yeah. like in it. 
how you know you don't do that in the Abrahamic faith because no. that's a female. But we say, my you know, no. you're my mother, you're my father, you're my brother, my yeah. you know. And and this is a thing in it. And so they're not really understanding that. And then getting away from this idea of there's this kind of um, overpowered being sitting somewhere, you know, commanding and you know destroying and doing all this stuff. That's, that's George like, George Carlin, and, isn't and it? it's like and it's like you know what? It's like you don't really understand. And then this this there's one thing like recently which kind of really kind of bugged me like in it. Whereas they don't really understand Simran or, you know, they they don't understand meditation, Sikh meditation, yeah, to them it doesn't exist, yeah. Because they believe, like I've spoken to people who have said to me, you know what, um, no, no, you're not supposed to sit there and just repeat a word, yeah. You're supposed to, it means contemplation, it means like, you know, you think about things and you work things out and then you, but I'm like, no, actually, you know, you can't say that, yeah, because Maharaj says, Uchiro Ramanam Lakavari in it. I said, bar and bar, bar, prab, japi, it. They're, they're clearly saying they say it. They again and again, don't they? They're saying, yeah. you sit there and you repeat the name and you meditate. They say, Uthar, Sovat, The thing is, that. with the Christian or, or, you know, Western mindset, you can't get, you can't, that, they can't accept that, you see. It's you not know? just that. Yeah. What we have, unfortunately, is Sikh missionaries yeah. adopting a Christianized attitude. Exactly. Where yeah. they go, this is Thotarat, and this is what yeah. parrots do, where they repeat the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and they say it's, it's ritualistic, yeah. yeah. But even taking Amrit is ritualistic. Even going to the Gudra Mataking is ritualistic. But the thing is, it has a purpose, yeah, like in it. It exactly. has a purpose, and it invokes a certain feeling, and it evokes. And so this is one thing I think, like, is a, is a big threat to Sikhia. Is if we lose our spirituality, yeah, yeah. then we lose then we lose the essence of Sikhia because none of Gurbani makes sense here. Because if you say even Sukhmani Sahib, yeah, where Maharaj says, you know, uh, what, what is the what is the most important thing in Sikhi in Taram, yeah, Maharaj tells us in it. He says Sarab Taram me Taram in it. Harko Naam Japa Nirmal Karam. He goes, the biggest thing that I want you to do, the most important thing that I want you to do is. Look, the whole Sukhmani starts off with Simmer, 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 It's all about the first starting is just And the thing is, but if, 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 if now your philosophy or your teaching teaches you now that oh that doesn't Simran doesn't mean sitting there and repeating the yeah. name and, and meditating, yeah. It means like, oh no, I'm just contemplating, I'm realizing and I'm making myself aware. And I'm like, well, no, you can't say that because the Guru has clearly said, yeah. But that's where the mindfulness things come from because it's like, it's the same as mindfulness. And you're like, no, mindfulness means negating anything in the mind and having a clear mind. No, no, I I think mindfulness (laughs) has it because I go to the Buddhist center when they do mindfulness. So they tell everybody, right, you know, now sit in contemplation, close close off everything, anything comes Mm. back away. When they do that, I'm like, this is the best time for me to do yeah, Nam no, Simran. So yeah, I sit exactly. there doing Nam Simran. Exactly. Doing that. I'm like, close my mind. Nothing yeah. else. Anything else comes and in it, back and, away. And it's like, this is like, look, companies out there, big businesses out there. Now it's big mindfulness is big business yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, it's going out there. It's and like Haldi Dud. That's what he tells me. He's like, we used to get forces rubbish. And now everybody's paying five pounds for it. It's like what I tell people, like people come and say, you know, oh, mindfulness, mindfulness. And I say, look, our Sikhi, our like way of life, our Dharam, yeah. Is built on mindfulness, yeah. yeah. Like this is just a new word that you come out with. We've been doing this for thousands of years, yeah. Like our people have been doing this for thousands of years. So don't try and come and teach me about mindfulness, yeah. Like exactly. it, like it. I will teach you, like it, if you want, yeah. But it's kind mm. of like that. I think it's a good thing that people are starting to look into it. But I think there's just too much sort of. There's too, you know, it's like that thing. It's um, the hippie movement. Yeah, it, it, it's it's too much hype around it. Yeah. And now people are all of a sudden, and and I find this with the Western world, yeah. They take. 
ideas yeah. from Eastern philosophy and Eastern thought. Yeah. And they're very good at sort of getting these like yoga and all these like things. Yeah. And then packaging it and then reselling it like, right. in it and, this and re, you know, re, redesigning it. Like, oh, this is mind mindfulness. Is it's just it's meditation. Yeah. No, no, I've, I've had the same conversation mm. yesterday in the in the office where I said it's like selling sand to the Arabs. That's what you exactly. like doing, right? I exactly. Said, I said simple as this. Said you lot tell us about meditation, like Bikram meditation, yoga. That's mm. not meditation, or that's yeah. not yoga, right? Yeah. And but you lot package it and try to sell it back. I said, and I was saying exactly. I was like, you're trying to sell us turmeric lattes yeah. for five pound a piece. We've yeah. been having that for ages. Yeah, yeah. I said, now your big thing is oud. Mm-hmm. Oud is your big scent, mm. and everything's like hundred and fifty pounds. I'm like. We've been wearing it for years, and you lot go, ooh, that smells. That's not mm. right. But as soon as something becomes popularized, you yeah. try to sell it back to us. Yeah, yeah. And, no, that's, definitely that, like and that. that's what's happening with missionary, but, missionary but, Siki. But look, it's happening in the business um, community now, yeah. So the yeah. business community all of a sudden now is talking about giving back and looking after people. And, you know, and, and the, I'm like, well, this is this is the tenets of Siki, like, yeah. in it. Like, I run my business based on Sikhi principles like yes. in it we look after our people we look out we're honest with people we're, we're, we we look after we you know the goodness that comes out is more important than the the monetary value like in it exactly there's a value and and I, I was talking to somebody about this as well I said we do a lot of events so we do a lot of like cyber events and we do a lot of awareness events and stuff like that. we don't get paid for those we go to schools and do school yeah. kind of uh, careers fairs and stuff so we can educate young people we don't get paid for that but there's goodness generated from that, like an exactly. server. And I said, I don't need some newfangled person to write a business book and tell me about this year because, and this is what I try and tell people, like we always put our, you know, we have so much value in our community, in our Sikhi year, and we put it to one side and we look to the West because we, we think do. they've got all the answers. Yeah. And all of a sudden now they've got like, oh, at work, you should be kind to people. I'm like, oh, you just you just realized that now, like, get <laughs> it. I said, Maharaj says this 500 years ago, and it be kind to people, do seva. Yeah. You know, you know what? If you're depressed or you're down and out, yeah, Help try them. helping someone. Helping someone try else. doing someone seva. We yeah. go to the Gudra. We've been doing seva for bloody years, like yeah. it. And I was like, now you're telling me go out and let's let's do a day where yeah. we go out and we help people and we serve people. I'm like, you know what? That's a fantastic idea, yeah. And I know someone who did that 500 years ago, and it worked <laughs> out really well, like it. You know what I mean? It's like. It's like, why didn't you just come to us in the first place, yeah. right? And and we'll tell you this stuff, yeah? Because yeah. it's really good. It's good for your spirituality. It's good for your, you know, for your atma. And you you know what I mean? It'll bring joy into your life. We can tell you these things, yeah? But if you just want to package it and sell it back to us and say, oh, it's mindful now. Oh, it's called ethical business. Yeah. It's called... Protection of nine protected characteristics. Like, you know we've been doing it's this called forever. Sikhi. It's called dharam. It's called meditation. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years, yeah? yeah. And you know what? Yes, you should learn about it. And rather than repackaging it, just go to the source and learn about it. You'd actually get a lot more out of it. Like in it, because what you're doing is what they're doing is they're getting the orange, they're getting the juice out of it, they're diluting it and then giving it to people. Yeah. I say go to the source and get the pure. Not juice even that. Like they keep it. the juice. We get all the shit that comes out the back of the juicer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what's happening. So yeah, but it, it's a good thing that it's entering business. I'm seeing a lot, especially during the pandemic in the business community. I'm seeing a lot more people talking about sort yeah. of mindfulness and. Look, talking about people's welfare, people's mental health and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, 100%, man. Let people go to the Gudura. Let people have a break during the day and go to the Gudura, listen yeah. to the Bart. I said, this is this is Sikhi, like, isn't it? And when I listen to all these big business people talking about these things, uh, uh, you know, I was talking to one, one, one of the, one of the, one of his business guy and he sold his business and he made a load of money and then he got depressed. Okay. 
and then he only found joy by sharing his money and helping other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's literally that's one then it like in it. I could have told you that like in it, you know what I mean? And and it's like and I and I, I go and I tell my kids as well, I say, look, Maharaj has already told us he's already put these things in place. Like in that, it, the worst us. the worst thing about that, that's been in Jewish and Christian doctrine since you know, Jacob gave a tenth of his tithe yeah, yeah. of goats from yeah. then. It's been in Islam since the dawn of yeah, time, yeah. so it's one of their five pillars. Mm. But all these people have basically broken away from religion, found a bit of spirituality, and mm. yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So that, that was a bit of a rant there. That's but fine. I, I this mindfulness stuff, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> great. You've touched upon uh, another question that I was going to ask you was mm. your cyber seminars. I've seen yeah. you got another one coming up with Hajjan yeah, yeah. Singh Lali, that the Nishkam Jatha and things like that. Yeah. So how did they come about? You know, was that just because you said you learn everything? Yourself, you're yeah. self-taught. Mm. How did you come about putting these together, these symposiums and putting people so, together? So what it is, because we're in the immersive industry, we get involved in a lot of things. So we're, we're attached to the Steam House at Birmingham City okay. University yeah. in Birmingham Town Centre. Uh, we're at Birmingham Open Media, um, which is a place where art meets technology, which mm. is an amazing place. And, um, you know, all these different amazing things are happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. look at these industries. Cybersecurity is exploding. Immersive is exploding with all this metaverse stuff. You've got like, um, you know, uh, artificial intelligence exploding. All these like industries are absolutely kind of exploding now at the moment. Yeah. Really high growth areas. And we did an event at Nishkam had a like a International Women's Day yeah, and I went there, and they said, "Look, can you bring your kind of like VR headsets and tablets and stuff like that?" And yeah. so I said, "All right, I'll go along." So I took my stuff along. You know, I had VR headsets there, and I got the women to try all these AR augmented reality, and they'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So these are women from, um, you know, Sikh community, Pakistani community, Somalian community, immigrant communities, yeah. females who'd never ever seen this technology, and I was like, "Wait a second, yeah." These technologies are like pervading like every, every industry day, yeah. at the moment, like in it. And but thing is, our communities over here, yeah, they're not getting to see this industrial revolution, you know, this yeah. new revolution happening, and they're being left behind. Yeah. So I thought, you know, this is a bit of an issue. This is a problem actually that I can see because when I go to, into the town centre and I go to all these places, all this amazing stuff's happening, and it's all great and that. But when we come back to Handsworth, like it's in it, not there. The community is being left behind. So I thought, why don't we do the events here? Yeah. Why don't we bring those amazing people here, like in it, and mm. speak to the people here? So we spoke to the Nishkam um, Center, yeah, and, uh, you know, Ajit, who works, he's a really great guy who runs the place. Yeah. And I said, look, you know, I've got this idea, you know, we really want to run this innovation hub thing. And, you know, they're doing the same sort of thing because they're doing like um, apprenticeships. They help people with welfare. They're doing amazing work. Mm. And, and, you know, it just kind of like it was a synergy, like yeah. an alignment. They're trying to move the community forward and help the community. I mean, if you think about it, they've got schools for kids. Yeah, exactly. They've got a pharmacy and, and they're going to have a medical center there. Yeah. Yeah. They've got like a social enterprise where they've got businesses which give people jobs and train people up. Mm. And, you know, and, and they're going to be moving forward into other adventures as well, looking at older people in, and, you know, and, and universities and stuff like that. And so this fits in really well with what they're doing, really well with what we're passionate about. And we said we started the Handsworth Innovation Hub. Yeah. And literally, it's like we do events there. Anyone can come in from any age, come in and learn about stuff. So the first event was just a general one where we invited people and launched it. Yeah. And, you know, we had 40, 50 people come along and, you know, it was really great atmosphere. Yeah. And then the next one is cybersecurity. Now, cybersecurity is a massive exploding industry. So much opportunity there. 
but you know what? There's not that many, um, eth- you know, diverse people yeah, yeah. there. BME. Yeah, there's, there's not there's not ethnic diverse people. There's not enough women in the industry. Yeah. So they're kind of like desperate. How do we bring these people in? So we're like, well, look, we've got access to the community. Why yeah. don't you come and tell people about what the opportunity is? Yeah. And it's not only educating people; it's educating the parents as well, because the parents are the ones who are there going, "You either become a doctor or a yeah, lawyer exactly, or an exactly. engineer, like it." But the thing is, they don't realize that somebody in cybersecurity or somebody in like full stack development or AI earns more than doctors and engineers now liking it and so we're coming there you know to educate the community and that's how these events came across so we've got a second event next wednesday it's going to be on cyber security we got Hajin singh lali who's from warwick university yeah, yeah. prashant Pillai, who's from wolverhampton university uh, we've got anita from um, um aston university we've got uh, ian vickers from metcloud one you know really large cyber security firm in birmingham and so you know we've got all these amazing people coming and talking to a community you know what I mean? They usually go to conferences and talk to like other people like them. I said, why are you talking to people like yourselves? Because they all yeah, know exactly. it. Yeah. Come and talk to the community and like, you know, tell them what the opportunity is. Tell them what's happening here. Yeah. And it's just an opportunity for the whole community yeah. really to sort of, um, you know, learn about these technologies. So, yeah, that's where that's come from. And we want to do more of that. Well, sort it's of not stuff. just that. You've allowed those people behind you to network yeah. as well. So, yeah, Lolly and those people that can talk to each other and go, what are you doing now? What am mm. I doing now? Here's what we can share, and it just helps helps bring all that about. The thing with that is um, how much uh, are you, are you seeing an impact with the local communities? Yes, yeah, so we with, are. With so, we, so there's certain people who are coming forward. So I'm getting a lot of people contact me saying, "Look, um, I'm working in logistics. So I'm working in like you know, um, you know, in, in a certain industry or manufacturing and stuff. And I want to move. Yeah, I want to move into a new industry. So it's like these events are perfect for them because they can come along and say, "Well, actually, cybersecurity sounds interesting. What's it about? Go and speak to somebody there okay. because it's an hour of talks, but then it's an hour and a half of networking." Yes. And so that's where all the magic happens. And we're having like young people coming in saying, you know, I'm really interested in programming and they get to speak, meet people. And it all sparks ideas. Networking is so important. Yeah, it's like meeting massive. other people. That's the whole point of this. Yeah, yeah. Meeting other people, knowing what their ideas are. And you know what? A lot of our business, yeah, has mm. come from just meeting people. Like, look yeah. look at the heritage stuff that me and Grinder did. Well, yeah. that came from him saying to me, oh, I got a problem. And me saying, well, have you ever thought about this? Yeah. And then it turns into a project and then three years later, it's like a massive Heritage Lottery funded project. Yeah. So it's kind of like our conversations are really important. And sometimes, yeah, we have ideas and there's a lot of people out there who will probably have ideas and they've got like, you know, dreams of things they want to do, but they never do it because they're afraid. Yeah. And things we need to get out there and start telling people about what it is that you want to do. Yeah. Tell people what your dream is. Talk about it. Put it out there. Start doing it. Yeah. And rather than yeah, talk about it, but then start doing no, it. No, it's well. implementing it, isn't it? And sharing it. Yeah. And you know, my, I did this with my kids as well. So they, they, my kids are like artists, both of them. You know, and 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 the little one as well. And I just said to them, I said, start sharing your artwork. Every time you do something, share it. Yeah. Document what you've been doing. Yeah. So somebody can understand where you've come from and where you where where you've been and where you're going like yeah. in it and they can see a thing is right you might have a skill yeah that people really want like in it mm. like in it like i i've told you now about what i can do you've got yeah. a good understanding now if you have an idea that involves any of this oh, you're going to contact me first yeah, yeah, yeah like in it so, away, so, so the thing is like if you're not telling anyone about what you're capable of or what you're thinking of or what you're dreaming of yeah how are they going to engage you with, with you know in that work and so it's really important to have to to go out there and, and and a lot of us are shy and scared to put ourselves out there yeah. 
But I say, you know what, you just just do it, go for it, like, yeah. and you get your stuff out there, start sharing it, start telling people about what it is that you want to do, because the more that we have that, the more people, you know, it will change people's lives because, you know, they will start to find. Because thing is, it's at the end of the day, you get joy from it. Yeah. You know, it's it's the simple as that, like, in it. Yeah. I get joy out of creating these. I, lo- I love doing it. It's yeah. like it's like if I had some spare time on the weekend, yeah, and I've got nothing to do. My, uh, you know, my natural instinct is, oh, let let's start creating something. Let's make, let's see what I can make in it. Yeah, and that's joyful in it. Yeah, massively. And, and it's not just about, oh, I do this work and I get paid this much and I do this. You got to think about the happiness that it comes out, and for our kids as well, we mm. got to understand that what is going to bring joy to your life in it. Yeah. And if you don't do the things that you love and you don't do the things that you're passionate mm. about, then the joy in your life, you know, is is, is diminished. Uh, really, you know? And the thing is, that causes all mm. sorts of mental issues. But I totally agree with you. It's about networking. Networking mm. is massive. Sharing what you can do. And just saying, look, this is the opportunity that I have. These are, what, these are things I can do. Mm. Um, it's like when I started writing, I started writing the Job to Sub book, and I was never going to finish this. So I've got up to this, got up to this. And I remember talking to one of my cousins, and he said, well, how much have you done? I was like, I've got up to this body. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, how big is it? I was like, it's too big. It's already 700 pages. I went, I said, I'm never going to get to it. It's going to be too big. He goes, so what's stopping you now? Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? And he went, why don't you release the first part, just the first body? Yeah. It's like, it's 200 pages. And you sit there and you're like, I don't want to do this. You know, at the same mm-hmm. time, you're like hesitant. And he goes, you've got an idea. You've already done it. Just put it out there. He goes, yeah. if you get nobody uh, nobody reading it, yeah, yeah, yeah. he goes, at least you've done it. Exactly, yeah. And um, there's there's like a, an Instagram video of this guy, and and I I remember looking at reading it, and he said, somebody said, what's the greatest advice or the greatest thing you've ever read? And he said, it's a kids book called like the fox, the mole, the horse, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and two characters end up in a jungle, and they're like, we've got to get to the other side of the jungle. And he says, basically one of the characters is saying, I'm hesitant, I can't see a way through. Mm-hmm. And the other character says, can you see your next step? Mm. And he goes, yeah. He goes, we'll take that. Just do one step at a yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and, and And that's such a valuable thing. You know, he's just like, I want my goal to be there. I can't see it getting there. Well, take one step at a time. Mm. You know, if you're going, I, I want to do, I want to implement one of these. Yeah. Well, start creating a bus. Start yeah, yeah. thinking about, I want to get it to a 3D bust. Well, first you've got to create the image. Yeah. You've got to picture what's in your mind, put it into a creative like you did. Yeah. I always think about that Shubba there, you know, where Maharaj says, take one step towards me yeah. and yeah. I'll take a thousand towards we, you. And which, like, uh, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so like, it is that, you got to take that step, can it? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what it is. And, and you're rewarded yeah. in that way. And the thing is, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Exactly. Nobody likes your post. Yeah. No. Nobody likes your page. Like even when I did the Garja thing, yeah, yeah. I was like, um, yeah. I, I was like, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Nobody orders it and then I'll yeah. just go back in it. I like you so I put this How are you? So yeah, that's the, it's recording. You're on video. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's right. You can cut that no, bit out, good. but look, let's well, have no, some no, food. Yeah. Listen, but no, but it's that sort of thing. It's like, um, mm-hmm. what is the worst that can happen? Yeah. For me, it's that. It's like, and my cousin said that to me. He said, "Release your book." He goes, "If nobody buys it, nobody yeah. sponsors you." Yeah. He goes, what "You've you put your body of work out there. In a hundred years' time, if somebody reads it, they read it." He goes, mm-hmm. "If nobody reads it, he goes." What's the worst? You wanted to release it, it's released. Mm. And just do it. And I just think you need to take that first step. Everybody needs to take that first step. If you've got an idea, implement it. Definitely, yeah. And take that first step towards implementation. 
Definitely, yeah. And I think yeah, I, I think that's so important to get started. And I think yeah. um, like even with the Gorja thing, I just told myself, well, if nobody buys it, at least I'll have one for myself because I exactly. just wanted one and in it. I wanted my own yeah. one. I was like, at least I've got a copy of it myself, yeah, 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 and yeah. I've got, and I want it in a physical format. Yeah, yeah. If nobody else buys it, definitely, I'll have my own stack of my own books. Hundred Nice thing. That's absolutely great. Right. I know this is going to blow some people's minds because they're going to be like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I can barely wallpaper my own house, but I yeah. want to do all this sort of stuff. And and the whole point of this is networking. We need the next generation to come along. I know you've said your son's doing a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that this talk will inspire other people. Yeah. Um, and in order to for any questions to come our way, if they contact us, we ain't got a clue what to talk mm-hmm. about. So can I get hold of some of your social profiles for people yeah, to contact def- you on, please? Definitely, yeah. So um, like I'm on Instagram as Taron 3 d You can follow me on there. Twitter, Taron 3 d On Facebook, Taron 3 d And yes. on LinkedIn, you can find me as Taron 3 d as well. So that, yeah, that's it's really easy, easy isn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, that's fine. Because that's the thing. Mm. People are interested. You're going to be... I look at it uh, and they always say that those people who have entered university and are doing mm. year one of their degree... Um, a lot of people end up finding jobs that weren't even created at year one. Yes, yes. So they get to the end of their degree, hit year three, going to a career that wasn't even around when they were mm. at year one uni. And I can see the work that you're doing. You know, you're going to be developing stuff that people today aren't even thinking about, but we released in a year's time, and I'm hoping they contact you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I remember coming to one of your talks, that thing about, you know, you can do... You can make a 3D image, take all these photos, like 180 photos, go around. I was like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I failed miserably because I've got mm-hmm. a crap, crap computer. But like, I, I'm at the age of 42 and I'm still learning and I want yeah. to keep learning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping that others do. No, that's absolutely brilliant. With regards to anything that we've spoken about, is there anything you want to add to it? No, really. I think that's sure. um, that's fine. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, starting a Patreon for the for the animation soon. That, well, so, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, right. Future projects. Yeah, yeah. What so, are your so, future yeah, projects? So, and what do you... so obviously, I've got the VR uh, meditation that I'm going to release out for free. I'm just going to give that to everyone because I just think it's a, just a lovely thing yeah. to give to the sangat and um, you know just 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 a nice sort of like bit of you know imagery that people can use, and I hope everyone uses it as well. Mm. And then I'm going to be, I'm working on this animation at the moment. Um, and so I'm going to be setting up the Patreon to be able to support that and fund that. Yeah. So we've just bought a, like a motion capture suit and, uh, you know, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to move on that really. Yeah. And I think uh, ho- hopefully slowly I'm going to be sort of, the business is going to sort of like be sort of like more kind of like running a bit smoothly. Yeah. And then that'll give me enough more time and stuff to work more on the, the sort of like sicky animations. Obviously, I've got loads of ideas for the sculptures that I want to do, bigger sculptures. Um, I'm going to start doing bigger versions of these now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, this time, I'm going to custom print them myself. Okay, good. So I'm going to custom print them myself, make them myself, and then sell them. Limited edition. Yeah, limited yeah, you edition need to, ones, like, yeah. I've got, that's quite sad, I've got like Transformers bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just wrong. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 42 year old man talking <laughs> about this. But I've got them, and they're like one of 500. Yeah, right? yeah. And they're, they're certificated. Fantastic. With a number, and but that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Limited edition, go. Definitely. There's only fifty of these. If you yeah. want them, there's only fifty, and there yeah. won't be any more. And then move on to another one. Go. There's this many. That's it. So yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a statue in a glass case now. So I bought that glass case to go and test how I was going to do it because yep. um, man, mass manufacturing these doesn't really work. Okay. Because they break in the post. So I'm going to custom make these and put them in glass cases, and yep. then people can buy them with or without a glass case and have a custom piece sort of thing. What about? Obviously, you're making these sort of busts. Mm. They're okay. Are they all right to post? These ones are okay to post. Okay, yeah. right. 
But why, the, the, why don't you start like a you know I've got the the books thing that yeah. happens. Why don't you do something similar where people put money towards something, and then they get an exclusive bus that goes out every two months, and yeah. only those people that sponsor it yeah. get it. I think you know, it, yeah. I think it's, it's 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 it would be I think it, yeah I'd have to think about it's it. It's only yeah. if you, yeah. obviously if you can do it's hard to maintain economical. because like uh, it's easier for me to just do something and then release it. Yeah, and then not have to think about it again. Yeah. And then I just keep supplying, um, you know, I, I, I'm ordering another 3D printer, so I'll be able to do two batches at the same time. Yeah. And so Saiti will just tell me every month, I need a six of these, I need eight of these, and I need five no, of these. I, and I, and so I'll, I'll do that. And then I think as soon as I sort of, because uh, the thing is what I want to do is I want to do something and then I want to move on to something else. Really yeah, but quick. that's what, I want. That's what yeah. I want you to do. I want you to do something and go, yeah. th- you know, this month I'm releasing one of these, yeah. but it will only go out to my sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, in three think, months' time, think, they see another one. They're like, "I think that's what I'm going to do with the patrons." So the patrons are going to be more like the patrons going to be more like, "Oh, you subscribe to it, so you have exactly. a monthly that's fee." That's what it is. And then, and then basically, what will happen is that um, each month you'll get to see what we're working on yeah. next, like, and it, so it might be a motion capture, it might be yeah. that, but you get to be a part of the project and maybe yeah. steer the project as well. Yeah. I think that's the, one of the ways I can keep creative control as well, because that's one of the reasons I've stayed away from funding so, a lot as well. Yeah, otherwise, I don't people want somebody influence. coming and saying, "Oh, you got to do it this way, you got to say this, and you got to do yeah. that," and I'm like no actually we've got a clear vision we, yeah. we know what we want to get across yeah uh and and we are the creatives you're not like in it so yeah. you need to kind of back off yeah and so funding through the sangat is probably the best way because yeah. um we will the, the the people who really love it and support it will come through and yeah, resonate too. with them so yeah so that's that's kind of future plans there in terms of the business the business is like just going really well at the moment we're really busy we've got five projects on the go at one time yeah another three projects incoming and now we're just putting the structures and processes in place to be able to just manage the work now and 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 that. And so I will probably end up being more of the rather than doing the actual work, I'll be more like the creative yeah, well, director. Yeah, creative sleeping so dogs, CFO. Yeah, so I will just like manage the creativity and you know quality check it. Yeah. And then the work is done. And we've got some really good people coming into the business, young people who are who are teaching at the same time. Yeah. And so I'm really kind of excited about that as well. Like you know, increasing the team and seeing them become managers and kind of move up and 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 like i'm very much of this sort of like i don't think that you should stay anywhere too long yeah. or like and i think like good committees shouldn't stay in there you know they, they shouldn't yeah, when you yeah, stay yeah. in a position you become stagnant, you become stagnant. You see, yeah exactly I, I think that things organizations should be built and stuff and then you should move on and hand it over to the next generation yeah. as quick as possible uh, because it then it stays fresh and it becomes alive and it, and it stays what it needs to be because i think a lot of our institutions they're like they're, they're irrelevant now yeah because they've become sort of like they, they've they've not passed on to the next generation and they haven't sort of continued that line of bringing new fresh blood in and then it becoming fresh and new. And so, yes, I'm I'm excited about seeing that sort of, you know, kind of grow out of the business and all these events that we're doing and all the people that will come out of it. And, you know, seeing them flourish is going to be really kind of nice. Then I can retire and just chill and do like (laughs) statues in my garage and and that's it. Good. (laughs) It sounds good, man. It sounds really, really good, to be honest. Have you got any questions for us? No, not really. I, I haven't Good. got any questions. I can't answer anything for you. I was about to say, not based yeah. on what you do, I can't answer anything. No, yeah. that's working. Were you sure? Nothing else you want to add? No, I think we've covered quite a lot. No, actually, it's really yeah. good. So it is really, really good. I really enjoy talking for to you. For me, actually, this is yeah. the one that I'll be showing my kids. Yeah. 
because that's this is the sort of stuff yeah, I, no, I really enjoyed it i kind of I, I i found out of the you know through running the business that i do actually i i was very reclusive like yeah. for many years like in it i was very sort of introverted mm-hmm. but i found that actually having conversations with people there's a lot of value to be had from that yeah. so i think you know what you're doing with the podcast really important disseminating information sharing information networking and I think we need more of this within our community. And it's we need, lies, man. We're trying to be yeah. the next sidemen on <laughs> YouTube. That's all. We're trying to be the new KSIs. <laughs> Just trying to get, you know, famous. That's all. <laughs> no, but that, that's it. We need yeah. to do that in our community. We don't do enough of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it shouldn't just be focused on Sikhi, mm. but it should be focused on the worldly work that we can do yeah, in all the different areas that yeah. we do. So that's it. Nice thing. I just want to say thank you very much for being part of our podcast. No, I'm sorry I've badgered you no, to death as well. I'm, re- no, I'm really fine. sorry. I'm I sorry it's taken so long. It's like no, 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 I'm, really, I'm really sorry oh, I have so badgered busy, you. But like, it? for me and Singh, it was really important to get you mm-hmm. on because we see your work. We, I see your posts. I see all the stuff that you've done when we've been at the exhibitions and I think it's really important. It's the one thing that's connected my kids mm. to Siki, doing those sorts of things. I think it's really important. And I just want to say thank you for being the fantastic on the podcast today. Flawed and foolish, we've learnt something massively. And thank I just want to say thank you very much. I'm going to thank your wife for the fruit in a minute as well. That's absolutely real. Yeah. Right, Singh, with regards to the podcast, thank you very much. And hopefully we'll have you on again in a year's time to see what, what you're doing new. Excellent. Yeah. No problem, Singh. Well, it just goes out for the Fateh Waigujikasa. Waigujikifateh.